Hello. And welcome to Bastards. Fuck you and hello. Welcome to episode 505 of Film Bastards. It's a numeric palindrome and you, my friend, can go fuck yourself. My name's Ian Loring and as always I'm joined by Becky Foster. Hello everybody. Bart Foster. Hello everybody. And Ginger Spice correspondent. I'm going back to 505. Oh shit. It's uh, Noel Mella. Hi. Oh shit. Well I just fucking... What a boner. Oh, oh, woof. I wasn't expecting that. That was sultry. My word. My word. Do you sing to your wife with that mouth? Yeah, that's why she's not here. Oh. <laughs> she just, oh, she couldn't contain herself. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Let's she go had, with that. She, she yeah. had to take it outside. <laughs> Let's take go a with brick that. every now and again. Oh, oh woof. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh that's God. a good return. Not so much. Wow, we what a start. Let's keep this energy going. Coming up this wow. week, racy cars go vroom vroom in Gran Turismo. Nicholas Cage goes ah in sympathy for the devil, and a <laughs> bunch of Asian women uh, don't go for a joyride. They it- don't, do they? No, they don't. They don't go for a joyride right now. No. Maybe it's that life is a joyride. Is there Maybe. any joy involved in this particular ride? Well, <laughs> this bitch. we'll get to it. Yeah, this without bitch. getting too spoilerish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, life is not a joyride, as Ronan Keating told us. Life is a roller coaster. Just gotta ride it. So, you know, Becky, do, just do you, fucking do you know the- reflect on that. Do you know the guy from the New Radicals wrote that? He writes a lot. He he just writes a lot of shit though, doesn't he? He, he, write, he writes. He's, he's actually he's like the second in charge of Warner Brothers music now. Bad life. Of course he is. Good, good for him. Bold. He was a bold brother as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm, mm. At least I found something to connect with him on. I've been trying for years. Right. <laughs> so. We are a pod syndicate podcast. Please do listen to like-minded shows such as Chinstroker versus Punter, Gaming Landfill, The Good, The Bad, and The the Odd. I fucking nearly failed that one. This <laughs> film, Her Movie, they're, they're old episodes. Maybe they'll do them one day. I, I don't know. Um, and uh, The Rewatch Project, I don't think I said that, who do do new episodes. Mike and Hannah pumping shit out. Like yeah. they pump each other. I don't know. Right. Um, YouTube rolling thunder. Oh my yeah, yeah. Like hey, that did man. I see, did I see they're doing some rewatch project stuff on Twin Peaks? Yes. Yeah. They may have guests. Interesting. <laughs> that man is a fucking dynamo. Is, he is a he is a content machine at the moment, isn't he? Yeah. 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 He is. He is. Um I'm worried I- about him. <laughs> The thing is, is like I, I'll sit around and do fuck all all the time and complain that oh, we have got no motivation to do it, and he's just grinding it out because he loves it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. You live in New Zealand. I think you just like a, you're just happy with your life, and you just mm. kick on. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. a it's amazing what a happy country can do for your soul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, isn't it? Um, Lottie couldn't go to uh, an aqua park today because it was closed because of pollution. Oh, wow. 
Fucking brilliant. Well, well done, everyone. Well done. Um, oh, fuming. And do you know what she cheeky little fucker she is as well? I had a text from Donna saying that. Could you? Could I let her know that like the in-laws had said that? And then Lottie's like, "Can I read that?" And I was like, "Why?" Because I just want to make sure you're reading it right. <laughs> what? <laughs> I kid as much as you know. <laughs> no, no. I mean, the thing is, I bullshit her about stuff like quite a lot, but I was serious. And then 20 minutes later, she's like, "Can I read it?" You know, and it, hmm, yeah, all right. So anyway. Me and uh, went to the seaside today and spent a lot of the time marvelling at people actually going in British Sea. Oh, that's grim. When, when everyone knows full well that they pump raw sewage into our waterways. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been receiving messages all day of, of, of my children playing in the sea, so. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> look, Daddy, look, Daddy, a lion bar. I mean, it's it's Dorset, so it's it's clean. It's a lot cleaner there. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's gonna be uh, Charlie's gonna be uh, glowing green like one of those prime bottles in the next couple of days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking mutant mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, let's 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 not fucking talk anything into existence here. Right. Okay. So let's do some movie news now. No, I know you have been burning to talk about something. <laughs> Yeah, what the uh, the the Gaul Gadot situation? Yeah, <laughs> this is just the most bizarre thing. Like, I mean, we can talk a little bit later about Gaul Gadot. Uh, I believe is the correct pronunciation, and and my intensely and rapidly growing distaste for that woman. Um, it's gone from just thinking that oh well, she's a bit sort of average and she's well, she's not that very good to just. I can't fucking stand the sight of her now. She makes my skin crawl. Um, oh, I thought of you the other day, actually. Um, there was an article, it was like a review of Heart of Stone, a very scathing review of Heart of Stone, I will say. And the picture was just Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, whatever the fuck it is, just doing the smirk. Grinning. And it just, just, just made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. She, she has the same effect on me that Matt Baker off BBC One has. Just something like it's my spine wrong. moves. <laughs> it's just uh, anyway, very visceral thing. Is, is it like that, that that reaction yeah. thing where when they appear, you have to stop yourself going "fuck you"? Yeah, I sort of feel all Cronenbergy when I see him, like that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, no. So Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot um, has. She came out in an interview with, I forget the publication now, but she came out. Um, Gorgadot.com. Dot com, yeah. Um, Webuyanysmirk.com. Um, she came out in an interview and she said, yeah, man, I've been talking to Peter Safran and I've been talking to um, James Gunn and, you know, they're really happy and confident about Wonder Woman and they, they've said that we're definitely going to go ahead and, and write a Wonder Woman 3 together. Like, that's a bold, like, uh, like you, you don't say something like that unless there's b- confirmations have been made. Um, and then DC kind of came out and went, yeah, those conversations haven't happened. And it's pretty, it seems pretty clear to me that maybe she bumped into James Gunn at a party or something and was a bit like, oh, about Wonder Woman 3? And he's a bit like, oh, yeah, I, I, we'll get I, I to it she... while doing finger guns at her. 
I reckon she booked it a shotgun at a party, thought it was Jason. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and he's just kind of gone, oh shit, she thinks I'm she thinks I'm James. And when she's gone, so we do Wonder Woman, he's gone, yep, sure, why not? Me and you will do Wonder Woman. Me and you. Not yeah. James, me and you will maybe, do Wonder Woman. Maybe she's trying her hand at like manifesting. No, she she basically is just hoping that if she says it, yeah, it, enough times yeah. that James Gunn will just go. Oh, I'll just fuck it. I'll do it to show her up. And that's, <laughs> I, I think, like you know, in the past, The Rock has kind of done that. And yeah. um, who else? There's another example. Well, Ryan, mean, uh, Ryan Reynolds with, with yeah. Deadpool, but that's because fans actually wanted it to happen. Yeah. Because he'd been Deadpool, and it made sense him being Deadpool, and then the Deadpool that yeah. he was. But if you think about a more shit. direct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you think about a more direct comparison though i'd say like look at how henry cavill has handled this superman situation yeah. like he's been very very um gracious about it and sort of you know you know i'd love to do another one and it, it, it would be great and the amount of support and love that that guy has had despite the superman movies that he was in the amount of support and love that he has had from fans and from the general film community and everybody saying the same thing about henry cavill was a great superman he just never got the right movie and wouldn't it be great to see him again all that confidence boosting and he's still gracious enough to just sort of go you know well you know we've not had any discussions and blah 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 i mean he was fucking in he was at he was in black adam uh spoiler alert uh, but I, th- I feel like with, with what Gold the Dot, it's almost like it's on. Oh, sorry, spoilers. Um, no, I don't care. Exactly. <laughs> I think that everybody knew that before it came out. I think anyway, didn't they? But um, it's just it's sort of the the Gold the Dot situation just stinks of a sort of overconfidence and a. Um, you could take the situation out of aware that. that and just say Gal Gadot stinks of overconfidence. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I just don't think she seems very aware of the situation in terms of, you know, how poorly received the last one was and how people, I don't really think, have enjoyed her cameos in things necessarily. Or maybe that's just I, my it, echo chamber, I don't know. I mean, the fast one, it's, I almost feel like it's residual fucking han love just like because han and uh, him were a thing and it's like people want han back and so it's almost kind of assumed that they want her back as well Mm. Um, but people's reaction to it was a little bit when she was there it's a bit like oh really does anybody die in this fucking franchise yeah, yeah. and it's the way she appears in these things as well it's like if there was any reason for her to appear or she actually did anything useful or fun or interesting or god forbid charismatic on screen then maybe we would want her back for a wonder woman 3 movie and maybe we would all forget that the last one was received so poorly and was terrible um but i just don't know she has the smile <laughs> Yeah, she has the smile, and this and that she has the smile and that sort of uh, looking through the top of her head thing when she's pretending to be angry and like that's her two modes and that's it. Yeah. I just I I I was just astounded at the stupidness of it, especially considering you know she's been in this um, comic book movie world for a while and she knows how this machine works 
things don't get announced until contracts have been signed and it just seems a, a weirdly misguided thing to do and it's kind of embarrassing it, it's gonna be some climb down when, when when it comes out in like a few months time it's like yeah no <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It kind of feels like they just need to get Blue Beetle and Aquaman just out. And yeah. then they can really just, like, flush the toilet. Even though apparently Blue Beetle, they're saying, is, like, the first DC whatever the yeah. fuck it's called film. Yeah, that, that, I think Gunn has kind of said it, 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 it's it's very much part of the plan. Whereas Aquaman is, is almost a little bit like, if they could just not bother with it it feels like a problem more than anything yeah. else like Kubantu, doesn't it? especially just, with you know fan casting around everybody saying that he's going to be loki as well it's like i don't know man if that might have been possible but now that aquaman 2 is coming out how the fuck are you going to work that he's going to be loki uh lobo sorry oh that yeah. makes way more sense just it would, it would be pretty cool if Jason Momoa just took over from Tom Hiddleston and no one said anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just, just watch Multiverse, out. baby. <laughs> yeah, but but just watch out in the Aquaman costume as well, okay? Mm-hmm. And Momoa, what, what are you doing? Is like, I'm looking. It's just nothing else was said. <laughs> That'd be good. That'd get right. me to watch the second season of Loki. <laughs> Well, no, correction, get me to watch one episode and go, yeah, I don't care about it. It's fine. <laughs> hmm. Right. I don't know why I made that noise. Um, so not much else is happening. The, the, they're continuing to kind of negotiate in the strikes. It, like, again, feels like both sides are like, right, we've actually got to get on with this now. So who knows? But still nothing. Um, no, I don't think anything else has been like delayed or anything like that, at least. So all uh, all a little bit quiet there. So I'll tell you what, they're probably going to have quite a long one. So let's get into trailers, even though then again, I don't think it's going to be a particularly long trailers section either. Even though um, I suppose Noel's obviously not been on the show for a while. Have any trailers just generally caught your eye? Um, what did I see this week? I saw the uh, I saw the trailer for um, Bradley Cooper wants an Oscar. Um, <laughs> that, that that was good. Uh, I think that popped up yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently there's a bit of uh, anger around that trailer and uh, perceived Jew face. Uh, oh, so Brad- fucking hell! Yeah. Really? Yeah, I'm not. So, that's a word that is being banded about on the internet. I didn't just say that. Um, so yeah, there's accusations of Jewface, and um, I guess is Bradley Cooper Jewish anyway? I, I, I think his dad is. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's all this. It's, it's an extension of this whole sort of like, well, nobody can play anything unless they are that exact thing, and nobody can write about anything or do anything unless they have lived that exact life. And I just yeah, it's, it's kind of it, nonsense, it's, isn't it? It's almost as if the idea of acting yeah. is actually you know completely redundant now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that thing of yeah. Um, so hang on a minute. So so it, it should be a Jewish actor, absolutely. Yeah. But a Jewish actor can play a non-Jewish role. Uh, 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 
the house of cards crumbles. <laughs> yeah. I just on 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 Maestro. Sorry, like, yeah, I I don't know it. I don't think that I don't know. There wasn't really enough in there to give me an opinion. Like it's Bradley Cooper's follow-up to A Star Is Born. Of course I'll watch it, and it will very likely mm-hmm. be good. But I don't necessarily think that trailer was like particularly compelling. No, no it, it, it's it's very much a teaser that is kind of like, hey, Bradley Cooper's made a, a new movie. Mm. It, it's it's that, and I think the, I think the actual tra- first trailer drops the end of next week. Right. Okay. Mm. So apart from that, uh, only new stuff. I saw a trailer for, oh, what's it called? A Landscape with Invisible Hand, which has been on my watch list for forever because I, I don't know if it played at a festival a, a long time ago or something, but somebody reviewed it on Letterboxd and I read about it and I was like, that sounds really interesting. Co- comes out um, in the US this weekend. Yeah, it says in Cinemas Friday. So, yeah. Mm. Um, so that really, that... It, I think it looks slightly less interesting than it sounded when I put it on my watch list, but it looks interesting. So, yeah. That premise is bonkers, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine there was another trailer a while ago for this, though, where it was like the girl and the boy were filming their relationship because the aliens wanted to learn about human relationships. Or have I just got completely muddled up with something else? Yeah, yeah, it's that. It's that. And then they start having like relationship trouble but it's like they're making money off of yeah selling this content to aliens it's a that's bananas fine. premise that's fine i just wanted to make sure i wasn't mad. wait that's the same film yeah right you don't recognize the little fat alien coffee table man but it it, uh, um, it looked like a different film i'm more interested in that film but i'm still not that yeah. interested in either of them oh, i'm quite interested <laughs> in this one I mean, there's only one trailer that I care about this week. No, do you care about any more trailers? No, but I'm guessing the one that Mark is about to mention, I actually haven't watched, so I'm going to stick it on in the background now while he talks about it. What is it? It's Vacation Friends 2. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, right, okay. I thought you were talking about the Threequalizer, but yeah. (laughs) No, no, I've seen the Threequalizer trailer a lot in the cinema in the past couple of months. Actually, this this is a featurette. That pops up actually, not a trailer. So yeah, sorry, carry on. Uh, yeah, uh, vac- vacation friends too. Um, just very much enjoyed the first vacation friends, and I'm yep. looking forward to just a, just just more of the same. I'll I'll watch vacation friends too because I enjoyed vacation friends, not because this trailer's any good, because this trailer makes it look shit. But you said the trailer for the first one looked shit, well, exactly. and then you were wrong. And that's that's the grace that I'm giving number two. I just think that John Cena might be the comedic genius that we need right now. Yeah, well, when he comes back to life in the Fast and Furious franchise, he'll be all of his own. Yeah, Fast, Fast 12. Yeah. <laughs> the good thing about Vacation Friends too, as well, it's like, here's the trailer. Yeah, you can watch it in a couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. You, did, you didn't know this was happening. Here it is. It's out in a couple of weeks. Enjoy. Yeah I, I, yeah, I love that. It's just, there's no fucking about it. Look, we've made it. It costs this much money. We've already budgeted it. it, it, it. It's not about whether it makes any money back. We're just doing it because we can. <laughs> there you go. Yep, good, good. Um, Right, all right. Well, I keep on saying it's going to be a long one, but we're racing through it at the moment. So, and racing through it so much that I didn't actually have IMDb up. So... 
we're going to get through this one because it has i think actually faded from my memory so i'm going to be good uh value here joyride is directed by adele lim and stars ashley park stephanie zhu sherry cola sabrina Wu. uh they're the four main ones that'll do right and follows four asian american friends as they bond and discover the truth of what it means to know and love who you are while they travel through China in search of one of their birth mothers. Yeah, yeah, all right. That, that, yeah, that's probably pretty accurate. Uh, let's start with um, let's start with Becky on this one. Becky, Becky hasn't seen this. Becky has not <laughs> seen it. Be- Becky, Becky was refusing to see this before it was even like the trick film on the secret screening. So. Just gonna say, you, you so you the your only experience of this film so far is actively leaving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the right move. That the title card came up. <laughs> just, just, I'm going. Nope. <laughs> Walking the fuck out. Yeah. Fair. Okay. All right. So let's uh, let's go to Noel. Joyride. Yeah. Oof. I mean, I think I sort of I said on uh, my letterbox review that I I have no doubt that this is the perfect film for someone, but it's it's not me. Um, I think having thought about it more after I wrote that, I'm not even sure it's the perfect film for anyone else. I could be wrong. Um, it, 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 it might be, but not the people you were meaning. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It's just so like I mean. It, I, I don't think a lot of the humour lands. Either that or the, a lot of the humour is a... There's stuff in there that's a, a cultural references I'm not getting, I don't know. Um, I think one of the lead actresses... So the sort of main... The lead actress, I didn't find her very charismatic or interesting at all. Her mate was slightly better. Um, the sort of sassier one. Um, but... I don't know. It just—it was like a shit bridesmaids, and um, oh, bridesmaids is already pretty shit. Exactly. I'm no fan of bridesmaids, but this was like, yeah, the jokes didn't land. It was really dull, and I think the one thing that probably goes in its favour, but I disliked a lot, is it's just so fucking horny. It's just a, such a it, it, horny it ass film, and I'm like, I don't want like, this. Like, Joyride, Asians like sex too, you know. <laughs> and and I'm glad, you know what? That that's I think that's what prompted me to write that review was that you know maybe there are Asian women out there or Asian moms and stuff who want a body sex comedy, um, and they want to uh, see women taking control of their sex lives and just being horned up and doing crazy shit maybe i that's not my understanding of what i thought uh, asian culture was but if that's what it is then that's fine they can have it um i just don't really want it (laughs) i didn't i didn't uh, yeah i didn't i didn't get on with it mark did you want it (laughs) no um it i've said this before it, it makes the mistake that far too many modern comedies make of it forgetting to actually be funny at any point like 
it, at no point, even like bad comedy films can make you chuckle at points. Whereas I don't think even this made me chuckle at any point. It was just, it, it's not that I didn't find it funny or it's not for me. I just generally don't think it was that funny. And when they were trying to tell you jokes and trying to be funny, you were there going, I'm sorry, do you think this is funny? Because it's really, really not. And it was almost like even the film didn't think it was that funny itself. It's, it just seems a little bit like they've they've gone, we want to make an Asian sex comedy. And they've gone, all right then. So let's just make an Asian sex comedy, but then put not a lot of sex in it and not a lot of comedy in it. And it just ended up being just a real trudge that just kind of made no real sense uh, at all. The I don't think any of the I would say that the only character that I actually thought was um, had any sort of like intrigue to her that I was vaguely sort of warm to was Kat, the actress friend. And it was just because she kind of was a tit and I I could get behind that. Um, The friend was just an idiot. The lead character was, and she's supposed to be just absolutely self-obsessed. And then the, the eccentric kooky one just wasn't really eccentric or kooky that much really i think there was quite a few missed opportunities in it as well like the, the, i feel like first of all i think the white parents thing was uh, had a lot more potential comedy value than they actually used it for and you know if they were to take the piss out of those the white parents a little bit more i think there probably could have been some um uh, some humor there mm. but then there's also sort of like so the scene on the train where um uh they ingest an insane amount of drugs mm. they don't really do anything with that like afterwards no. and, and 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 it is an insane amount of drugs that they like it's you're gonna die if you if you ingest that amount of drugs but they just don't really do anything to follow up on it it's just like so i don't know it, it, it felt like it was pushing the envelope a little bit maybe on the sex stuff and, and and not being afraid to be sort of bawdy when it needed to be. But I just didn't, it was a sort of, you know, a wild and crazy international adventure that just didn't get crazy enough, really. Yeah, that's it. Fun it's, enough. It, if you're going to go all out, you need to kind of actually go all out and do something that is, that, that actually feels a little bit like, where you, where you actually, you sit back and go, oh, that's that's a little bit nasty. Whereas with this, you didn't. You kind of just went, cool. You keep what you're doing is you're saying things rather than doing things, and it's yeah. just there's an element of the shock value is kind of gone from it. So if you take something like um, a a body kind of sex comedy of something like No Hard Feelings, that actually has an element of body to it, whereas this doesn't at all. Mm. Um, it just feels, it felt a little bit like you could tone down a little bit of the language and you'd have a PG-13. Yeah. I'd, I'd also say probably underused uh, Robbie, Robbie Cheng, is it? Uh, the Sorry, Ronnie Cheng, yeah, the comedian. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
again, his character sort of like insane, uh, rich businessman. Um, there was probably a lot you could do with that. And there's make him more insane, make him do weird shit. But they yeah. don't. He just sort of turns up and says that. That's it. it. And he's good. He's slightly offended by things. Yeah, he's good. He's good. They just, they just, I just didn't feel like, again, they just could have cranked him up a little bit or just done something, made you better use of him. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I kind of feel like you guys have said everything that I, I would have said about it, really. I, the horny levels are quite something. And it, it, I don't know, it, it's produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. It's definitely hearkening to the kind of like the the comedies of like 20 years ago. Like I almost it's not it's not exactly American Pie. But it's but did, did it, you it, get that vibe straight away with the opening soundtrack where you were like, oh, that very much feels like the like the score to this type of movie. <laughs> Mm, yeah yeah no absolutely and it, it, it's i yeah i don't know it i mean it's it's an odd one as well because they you know they did those kind of like secret screenings and like i'd seen other like advanced screenings a bit about as well and it's like what what were they exp- i don't know what were they expecting because it doesn't feel particularly word of mouthy it's done 14 million dollars worldwide it just it just feels like it's missed the mark and it's just absolute vaporware. Like it, um, I just looked it up in its second weekend in the UK, this last weekend, it dropped like 82%. Mm. So no fuckers talking about it. Right. Like I, I, I imagine the people at that unlimited screening were probably fucking pissed. Like secret screening on a Saturday night, the Saturday before mission impossible comes out. And you got I, people talking about Oppenheimer and Barbie as well. I, I, I imagine that, like I said, we left as it started, and a few people did. I imagine within half an hour, a lot more people will have left. Mm. I reckon people were just being polite, people that didn't leave. I, I think there'll be more people that, that will have left. It, it's even when you get to like the um, like the bit where they've got to do a, a song, and you've got the song and dance bit. Even that, before they start actually singing anything, in your brain you're going, I know what song this is. I just know what song it's going to be. And it's just so fucking obvious that it almost feels like... um, It just feels a little bit like, really? You couldn't have been a little bit cleverer than that. It it, it, It just... It smacked a real kind of just lazy if this had been again it's it's trying to do a hangover type thing of having a bunch of people um out just like in the world in a in a strange place on a journey kind of thing which is a lot of comedy but it it just it's so lazy in its execution you know, and let's say that the hangover, it doesn't work for a lot of people. And it, it, it genuinely shouldn't work. It, it, it shouldn't work, the hangover. The hangover should have, been, should have been shit. It was a fluke that it was good. The hangover works, though, in spite 
of oh. its concept because of the people involved being yeah. very funny. Yeah. And the sequels work because Phillips is taking the piss. Mm. Interestingly as well, you could sort of assume that it was made for a Chinese market. Well, I'm looking at box office now and it doesn't look like it's been released in China. No, I don't think it can be released in China. <laughs> well, is, no, it, is that it? Is, I, I guess, is that, would that would this be offensive there? I, or? Probably, I, think, I think it is. It, it was a, you're not getting released here kind of thing. It's made, it's, it's made $700 in uh, Iraq, though. <laughs> Is that is that is that on pirate DVDs? Well, box office mojo were a, a report in it anyway. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, now that genuinely how? in four screens. That, right. That's that's Absolute one hit. that's one guy who's fucking real horny. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, there you go. Shit. It, it, yeah, it's it's. I'm sad to say it is it is shit. Well done, um, everyone. The weird yeah, thing is, I, the most compelling part of the entire movie is a scene towards the end uh, that is in no way comedic, and it's Which the only point where it's vaguely interesting. Where she uh, is at the all spoilers all the time. Where she's at the grave of her birth mother and her birth mother's husband is there and I, I, I actually I, I actually sort of that piqued my attention and I actually watched that bit a little more intently and thought do you know what there's a better movie to this than the rest of the movie that is wrapped around this who was that the husband was somebody famous as well who was that was that uh, Daniel Day Kim oh it's Daniel Day Kim yeah yeah, yeah. there you go yeah. shit well done everyone very handsome man. He is a very handsome man. Hell of a jar. Yeah. Good cheekbones. I'll just go and find out what our audience poll on that was. You'll go and find out. I'm going to go and find out. He's going to go out and ask them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The funny you think of this, motherfucker. <laughs> Joyride, definite shit, 33%. Touching cloth, 33%. Shit, 33%. Wow. <laughs> so a real mixed fucking bag. Hmm. Okay. All right. That's Joyride. Um, it's one of those movies that when you see it on Letterboxd and you see other people have rated it like four or five stars, you're a bit like, what were you watching? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> the 2001 Lily Sobieski, Steve Zahn. I mean, like, I, I would prefer to watch that because I actually yeah. quite like that film. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, here we go. Keeping this particular energy going, maybe, unfortunately. Sympathy for the Devil is directed by Yuval Adler. That's not a name. And stars... <laughs> totally real person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, stars Nicolas Cage and Joel Kinnaman. After being forced to drive a mysterious passenger at gunpoint, a man finds himself in a high-stakes game of cat and mouse when it becomes clear that not everything is as it seems... Becky, you were really looking forward to this. How was it for you? I mean, there's not an awful lot going on in terms of plot, really, is there? Um, but that being said, I, I did love it <laughs> and will watch it over and over again. <laughs> so 
I don't know what that says about me. recent fucking love of just uh, uh, love of just recent cage. I love the fact that he's finally paid off all his fucking tax bills and he's just gone, right, I can make whatever the fuck I want to make and I want to make batshit crazy stuff. I, 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 I love the fact that at no point during the f- filming of this movie were they more than 30 minutes away from Nick Cage's house. Love, <laughs> love his yeah. stupid hair. Love how he goes full cage all the way through it. Fucking love it. It's it's just bonkers. I, I actually said to you the other day, didn't I? You, you were going to bed early because you were on, on an early shift and you were oh, what are you going to watch? Oh, I don't know. Might watch Willy's Wonderland expecting him to laugh. And I was like... Am I just not funny anymore then? And he was like, no, I genuinely believe that you maybe are going to watch that. <laughs> I, I did consider it. The thing is, I, I, we watched this like three days ago. Yeah. Right. I genuinely can't remember what the plot is. All I can remember is Nick Cage dancing and sit the fuck down! <laughs> oh, it's full cage, isn't it? I love it. Um, can you actually not remember the plot because it's not it's not complicated. Maybe that Kinnaman he thinks Kinnaman's somebody else, and then Kinnaman started telling him he's not, and it turns out he might be. No, he definitely is. He definitely is. Yeah. Still not sure. It's it's essentially Pete them going. So we're kind of setting it up like Nicolas Cage might actually be the devil. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah do that. Except he's actually not. And the oh. whole point of it is that he's not, he's the wronged party. Yeah. He, the he, he's, he's the sympathy. Even though he like blew up that fucking diner. <laughs> yeah, and he yeah, killed he a lot of people. And, yeah. yeah. Like, innocent people. <laughs> and that cop. I mean, I thought, I thought it was messy as fuck. Um, <laughs> I actually thought Joel Kinnaman was quite good in it. It's like, Joel Kinnaman, Joel Kinnamaning. Uh, his most Joel Kinnaman. I don't know whether I'm hugely aware of Joel Kinnaman's body of work. Joel, Joel, Joel Kinnaman isn't even aware of Joel Kinnaman. <laughs> Joel Kinnaman thinks he's fucking Boyle Holbrook. Uh, uh, Sam Am Worthington. I, yeah. Am I Boyle Holbrook? Oh, no, that'll do. That's way better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, there, he, he's there watching Logan going, I don't remember filming this. <laughs> Whereas Boyle Holbrook's going, I'm talking about being in, in, in sympathy for the devil, but there I am. <laughs> but we, but yeah, but weirdly, Joel Kinnaman did watch Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny and goes, "Oh, fun time on set." <laughs> but I do think he does a good job here because, like, he, he, does, he, is, he, he is convincingly bland. <laughs> well, he is convincingly like, like he does a good job of being making me. you think. Well, but he's not the bad guy. Look how, look how absolutely adamant that he is that he isn't the bad guy like he, he, he does a good job with that but at no point do you think he's not the bad guy i know i did I, I thought maybe nick cage is just fucking batshit crazy and he's got it wrong and he's just gonna kill the wrong guy and get closure but with the wrong guy nah he's he's too bland fit for you to think He's not the bad guy, though. Yeah. That's the thing. He's playing into the I'm just a normal guy so hard that it's like, but Joel Kinnaman can't play a normal guy. It's yeah. like, um, God, it'd be like getting Caleb Laundry Jones to fucking play this character. It's just like, <laughs> no, no, just look at him. Look at him. No. And I'm kind of the same with Joel Kinnaman. Like, yeah, uh, like I said, I don't know. I'll just say my piece. I thought... I thought it was messy, 
sporadically entertaining, but I thought Cage was a little bit autopiloty, just going like, do you want me to cage it up uh, at, at moments? Um, it wouldn't exist if Cage didn't sign on to do it. The whole USP is watch Cage cage it up. And I he knows he knows what he's doing there in fair play. He's getting paid. And, you know, I'm sure he was a very short distance from his house. Um, but my word, this is just an in one eye out the other one for me. No, what do you think? I think I'm a lot closer to where Becky is with this, mate. Um, <laughs> I, 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 had a, I had a great time with it. I think the one thing that I was slightly disappointed about was because I, I remember watching the trailer and thinking, I will fucking have some of that. Like, Nicolas Cage is the devil and it's collateral. Yeah, all right. Um, yeah, and I think, and I, yeah, and I think that's what I really wanted. I just wanted collateral, but Nick Cage and also he's the devil. Like, and it isn't quite that. Um, he however, does have red hair, though. He does have red hair. Uh, and and, 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 and it's a really nice close. jacket. Yeah, he, he looks, and, and I, don't, I don't care whether you judge me for this, incredibly fuckable in that red jacket. <laughs> yeah, it's a good jacket. It is. <laughs> the thing is, is, Nick Cage, if you said that, send that to him, you'd be like, yeah, I do, darling. I do. I do. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's my jacket. It isn't even... <laughs> It absolutely 100% is his jacket. It's 100% his jacket. I also turned up on the first day of of, of shooting and went, I want to be from Boston. (laughs) (laughs) And Uval Adler's gone, why? I don't know, but I do. (laughs) Are you going to do a Boston accent? I'm going to basically just sound like me, but with a bit of a tang. Yeah, at times I will sound like I'm Boston. Luke, you can make that work, can't you? And Luke Paradise is today going, yeah, sure. Boyd, are you okay with that as well? Yeah, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I love the fact as well that Nick Cage, is, like, in general, is always doing a voice. Like, that's not his natural voice. He developed that to sound more interesting. I find that hilarious. Yeah. <sighs> I love him. He's great. Yeah, but Paris, you have seen Willy's Wonderland, haven't you? I have not seen Willy's Wonderland. Please watch it. Yeah, I think I should. It's I think a masterpiece. I, I think I thought I'd... Hang on. There's Willy's Wonderland and then there's that other one, something colour, something, and I can't remember which... Colour Out of Space. Colour Out of Space. Oh, it's nothing like that. No, but they came out around the same time, didn't they, I think? They did, yeah. I can't remember. I'll check Willy's Wonderland because there's a possibility I've seen it and forgotten it or I've watched it drunk or something. You, but... you, I, I don't know, man. You'd remember it. It beats the yeah. shit out of animatronic things and then plays pinball. Yeah. <laughs> does a lot flipping well a lot. Do you know what? My my memory is going to shit, so I'm gonna go on Letterboxd and check and see if I've seen Willie's Wonderland. <laughs> I feel like you would remember it. Yeah, I probably would, wouldn't I? Mm. Nope, not seeing it. Cool. Yeah, it I'll watch have, that. It would have changed your way of thinking about the world so much that you'd remember nice. it. Mm, I feel really. like I need but to it give is that fun. another go. You definitely yeah. do. I, yeah, I don't know. I th- yeah, I feel like maybe I just wasn't vibing at the time or something. Just go into have have a few drinks and watch it. It's it's a good have a few drinks movie for sure. I think it's aided by the fact that it's like eighty minutes long. And he dances Ooh, in winner. it, so you know. But yeah, I, I, this is great. I I liked this. I, I, it was a fun ride. I get what you're saying, Ian. I think it it it's a little bit uneven. It sort of speeds up and slows down. Um, but I think I 
quite enjoyed the bits where it slowed down. I think the scene in the diner uh, where they're just sort of chatting it out and it all gets out of hand there is great. Um, I, um, yeah, it's not exactly what I thought it was going to be, but I enjoyed it. I also enjoyed uh, Burns Burns. Burns Burns. (laughs) Was uh, Was he the cook? He's yeah. the cook. Yeah, okay. Um so yeah, Burns Burns is the what was it is he the is he the, like the lighting guy production design. Something? Production design, yeah. It's production design. Cuz he's like the thing is he, for listeners and context like so I, I when I'd started watching it it his name comes up at the beginning, production design by Burns Burns and I was like, "Oh my god, the production designer of this film is called Burns Burns." And then in our chat somebody searched him searched him up and we sort of like it we obviously about that his was face. mark like, <laughs> yeah, obviously yeah. mark searched him up <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't have um, been anyone else <laughs> and then i'm watching and then i'm watching the film and this cook comes out and i'm like is that fucking burns burns <laughs> and it was so yeah uh i had, yeah, I had a great time with it i had a great time with it this movie was a hundred percent not made as a tax write-off. <laughs> this was not no no money was laundered through this movie at all. I, I mean, uh, go on there, Mark. Like I, I feel like I'm going to be the outlier here. What? How do you? I am, I am probably closer to you on this one, Ian. Oh, okay. It's messy as fuck. Um, it's just it. It feels like it was written in an hour. <laughs> And like that, the Cage had no dialogue written for him at all. It was just Nick Cage says things, and, and that was about it. There was bits I enjoyed. Like I said I did really enjoy the dying of it, but I was kind of watching it going. My only problem with this is the only thing I'm watching this for is for Nick Cage to do something entertaining again in a second, <laughs> and that was it. So, like you said, without Nick Cage, this film quite simply doesn't exist. Yeah. And, and that's what I... I had a good enough time that I, I think it's one of those where I can see why people would really vibe with it. But I didn't as much. I will, for instance, I will never watch this again, but I'm sure you will, Bex. Oh, yeah. Yeah, whereas I, I won't. <laughs> Because I've seen it. Yeah. I don't I don't need to see it again. But I think that's a lot of Cage's like past five years output for me. In the sense that I, I have got enough from them the first watch that I just don't think I need to watch any more of them. See, I never I never I very, 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 very rarely rewatch anything. Um so I, I certainly don't think that I would rewatch this but if it just came on tv one night and i, I was flicking and and it came on I'd, I'd i'd just i wouldn't switch it off i'd uh i'd keep it on oh my god we've got the retirement plan to look forward to still this year haven't we that yeah that's so fairly soon i believe and apparently a film called dream scenario that film sounds bonkers yeah he plays i, d- I don't like a professor or something who just appears in everybody in the world's dreams one night. <laughs> and that's the premise. Fair play. A schlubby, that's literally the, a schlubby professor who never made it, 
becomes an overnight celebrity celebrity after appearing in every person on earth's dream wow. we've got a film coming out next year with uh, everyone's favorite redhead alicia witt and michael monroe which is face off too <laughs> alicia witt and michael monroe yeah that's an oddly looking horny movie <laughs> Oh, it's got shit like a cult in it, I'm in already. Don't even need to read the rest of the synopsis. What? Got a cult shit, Alicia Witt, Nick Cage. Alicia Witt, Nick Cage, Michael Monroe in a cult movie. I could take all What can possibly go wrong? I could take or leave Michael Monroe, but I've loved Alicia Witt since Sybil. (laughs) Since Sybil. (laughs) She an urban legend. She is an urban legend, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I need to watch her. Fucking love that film. She 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 also um, got one of the strangest um, payouts for an injury on set. She had to have reconstructive surgery on her nipple from the movie Four Rooms. Oh. What happened to her neck? She had to have uh, tape put over her boobs, uh, and when it pulled off, somebody hadn't put like the they put like dummy tape on. They put like like oh. tape on, and it, it pulled part of the nipple. Oh, oh, so she had to be, oh yeah. Why did they have to tape up her boobs? Because she, uh, she, have you seen Four Rooms? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. she's playing one of the uh, one of the coven witches, and um, so she's got like uh, black crosses in what's supposed to be like black tape across her nipple. And usually what they do when they're giving you a prop tape is you get like this special tape that sits on the, uh, the duct tape or the black tape. Yeah, so I, I missed that point in your original description. So it was like electrical tape. No, it's like black duct tape. Oh. Yeah. Jesus. And it was it was put on her thinking that it was the what is it, and one of them hadn't been put on correctly. Oh my god, that sticks so bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's like it's like pulling entire nipple off just yeah, to I know, yeah. yeah, I like her mama. I, I just remember seeing it. it in an interview with her like a few years after it. That she was talking about it. Speaking so speaking of Nicolas Cage is doing whatever the fuck he wants. He's he's a busy buyer, there's quite a lot coming up. This is the synopsis for The Surfer, uh <laughs> directed by Lawson so- Finnegan. Uh, okay, yeah, nothing there. Right, so when a man returns to his beachside hometown, presumably Nick Cage, I'm I'm yeah. hoping, in Australia. Oh, uh, uh, okay. He plays the beach. <laughs> Many years since building a life for himself in the US, he is humiliated in front of his teenage son by a local gang of surfers who claim strict ownership over the secluded beach of his childhood. Wounded, he decides to remain at the beach, declaring war against those in control of the bay. <laughs> but as the conflict escalates, the stakes spin wildly out of control, taking him to the edge of his sanity. So it's Nicolas Cage on a beach waging war on some surfers <laughs> fucking yeah yeah oh, yeah that good <laughs> yeah that, that sounds fucking great hey hang on what lords of war is that a sequel to yeah with yeah. bill skarsgård playing his fucking son yeah yeah i mean oh wow sequel to lords of war yeah lord of war just watch Nick it's a Cage. good title for a sequel to Lord of War as well. It, well, it was either that or Lord of Wars. So, <laughs> oh, that would have been good. Oh, right, good for him. So, our audience plus the devil. Shit, plus, by the way. Oh wow. 
What was it? Shit, what? 100%. Oh, wow. 100% shit. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm touching cloth on it. I'm definitely not shit, mate. I feel like I'm probably Geostorm. Yeah. I loved it, but I'm not going to sit here and say it was good. Okay. Let's continue on. Noel, what have you been up to lately? Oof, what haven't I been up to? Um, I've, so, yeah, context, my uh, wife and children are in um, Dorset for the week. Every year they uh, they all head down there. Claire's got a friend whose parents have a house down there and they all meet up with... Uh, so Claire meets up with her friends and they bring their kids and they go down there for a week and leave me to my own devices. So I've just been filling up on films and trying to claw back all of the film time that I lost to uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, all 225 hours of that. Um, Absolute madness. I, yeah. I love it, but wow. <laughs> yeah, it's the thing is, it's. You know, I'd, like I've said a million times, I am not a gamer. This does not happen to me. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom was a big deal uh, in our house. Uh, I mean, Breath of the Wild was a big deal in our house. So Tears of the Kingdom coming out was a massive deal. It was always going to happen that I was just going to get lost in that game. Claire was completely understanding of it because she's like, I know that this isn't normally what you do. Um, so, yeah, and it's... I mean, to briefly review Tears of the Kingdom, it, it, it is it's the best game I've ever played. It's just, you know, as brilliant as Breath of the Wild was, it's quite literally three times better. Um, it's amazing. It's it's such fun and so immersive and moved me insane. And it made me fall back in love with it at the same time. It's 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 immense and it's uh, you know. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that Charlie has taken the switch with him to Dorset because I'd probably just spunk another 100 hours on, on that doing all the side quests. Um, but yeah, without Tears of the Kingdom, I've kind of uh, been filling my time um, with a lot with a fair amount of films. So um, let me see. I'll mention a few from, from the last week. So I uh, last night I watched... Um, the place promised in our early days. So this is a, um, a film by um, what's his name? I forgot his name. Shinkai. I forgot. Uh, Makoto Shinkai. Shinkai. Yeah. So uh, Makoto Shinkai is a uh, Japanese anime guy, and um, so I was introduced to uh him first via um suzumi so suzumi was um was was shown at my local cinema and i was just like yeah man i'll, I'll go and watch a big screen um big screen anime why not and i absolutely adored it like suzumi was it, it's it's just one of the best cinema experiences i've had in, in so many years just there's a lot about that film that i just um that just really, really worked for me. And just, um, I found really, I'm not the kind of person to use like magical quite a lot, but it was magical. And I left the cinema like feeling different. And, and I love it when that happens. Um, so after I'd seen Suzumi, I went back and I watched Your Name, um, and which is 
excellent as well. Uh, I watched Weathering with You, which I think is his best. Um, I watched Children Who Chase Lost Voices, five centimeters per second. Uh, so there's a couple that I hadn't watched. The Garden in the Woods is one, and that's on Netflix, so I might be watching that later. Uh, but The Place Promised in Our Early Days was what I watched last night, and that's um, it's it's a slightly earlier one of his, um, you know, and I think that kind of shows a little bit. Uh, the animation isn't quite as beautiful. I think some of the ideas aren't quite as well refined. Um, it has a lot of uh, sort of traits of Shinkai's stuff. It's basically revolves around uh, young love and a sort of young love story in uh, in a world where there are bigger, more powerful forces at play and how that young love can sort of overcome those forces and, you know, defeat evil and all that good stuff. Um, so, it, you know, that is a sort of recurring theme of a lot of Shinkai's stuff. Um, and it's definitely present here. I think the one thing I would say is it's not quite as refined and it's not quite as fun and sort of, you know, magical and joyful and sort of uplifting as a lot of his uh, of his of his other stuff. Um, it's still excellent. It's still beautiful. Um, but it's just not quite up there with the uh, with the other Shinkai's that I've watched this year and, and kind of fallen in love with. Um, so, yeah, I could recommend it, but I would just highly recommend uh, to anyone listening. Ian, I know you've watched a few. You've seen Suzumi and your name, haven't you, I think? That's correct. Yeah, I, I yeah. need to get to Weathering with you. Like, I just... Yeah, it pops up on um, it pops up on like Netflix and Amazon from time to time, and yeah. I, I, I seem to miss it. Um, but yeah, your name fucking rules. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Suzumi is a special little film as well. Yeah. Um, just so. Yeah. I mean, you so should definitely creative. check out. Sorry, go on. No, just yeah. it's, it's like it's so creative, and yet kind of like those films are more are moored in contemporary settings as well, and it just. It's got that whole kind of like anime relationshipy kind of focus, but against the backdrop of the end of the world, which just is awesome. And yeah. uh, I think Weathering With You is kind of like that as well, I understand. Yeah, totally. I I, mm. I think the thing that I love most, I think what, what makes Weathering With You stand out for me is the, the things that I've loved about these Shinkai films, the fact that they can be quite heartbreaking, but they can also be insanely uplifting um mm. as well as just looking gorgeous weathering with you seems to be the one that really cranks all of those things up um so by the end of it you're just sort of destroyed but like really like your heart feels like it's gonna explode and it's yeah. your eyes feel like it's just i can't say enough about those films and i'm not a big anime guy um but this is really sort of you know going through this cat back catalog of films has really sort of made me go all right I've exhausted this guy's stuff now. What else? Can, like, I, maybe there's a lot more good stuff out there like this. Um, I started watching Paprika the other night after you mentioned it on the show, but it was a little bit too late and I wasn't paying attention properly, so I switched it off and I'm going to go back to that. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely do it when you've got a clear head, otherwise yeah. it'll blow your mind. <laughs> well, that's it. Like, I got to the scene where the uh, the, the, the short uh doctor character is in the office <laughs> and, I, and he's yeah. just sort of ranting and rambling and then he leaps out the window and i'm like what the fuck is going on <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, i need to come back to this um 
So yeah, yeah I will come back to that. But again, like I think from there, I'll I'll try and maybe I'll get a Crunchyroll subscription or something, and and I'll try and like go through and discover some new stuff because there's yeah. probably so much stuff out there that I've been thinking that of a is a lot along these lines, maybe. Mm. Yeah, I did have it once. I did have it once before because I was watching uh, Gundam on there, but then I sort of tuned out of Gundam a little bit. So yeah, maybe mm. I can whack a free trial on or something. Um, yeah, I've started watching, um, you've maybe seen it on Netflix, there's a, a live action show called All of Us Are Dead, and it's giving me real high school of the dead vibes, which I'm thinking will probably be on Crunchyroll as well. Ah, so, is that a series or a film? Yeah, series, yeah. Yeah. So that was a success story, police promised in our early days. Less of a success story was Table 19. Um, has anybody seen this? The- Table 19, The Widowmaker. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> if only. Oh, well played. If only. Um, so Is that the... Anna Kendrick one? Anna Kendrick, yeah. You see, I have hovered over this a lot because yeah. it's got Craig Robinson in it. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet because it's got Stephen Merchant in it. Well, this is it. Um, next time you're in that position, walk on by is what I would say, Mark. It's <laughs> it, Despite it having Craig, my good friend, uh, uh, who, who laughed at my joke on Twitter once, uh, my good friend Craig Robinson, um, despite it having Craig Robinson, despite it having Anna Kendrick, which I know she can be Marmite, but she is good. Um, despite it having uh, Lisa Kudrow, um, it's, it's just the most boring and pointless thing I think I've ever seen. Um, it's not a bad idea. So it's basically the concept is uh, a bunch of strangers all at table 19 at a wedding. One of them is Anna Kendrick. She used to be the best friend of the bride, but for some reason she's been relegated to table 19. Um and I think just the concept of having strangers at a wedding, getting to know each other and getting into uh, a shenanig- a wedding related shenanigans, that could be fun. Um, but it's just not. It's just it's it's quite dull. It's quite slow. And it feels like they're trying to find things for the characters to do later on in the film, where it's like suddenly because Lisa Kudrow and Craig Robinson's um, characters, there are a married couple. And then when they're introduced at the beginning, they're like they, you know, they run a series of diners, apparently, and they just seem quite cool with each other and like quite happy and stuff. And then in the third act, Lisa Kudrow reveals that she came to the wedding. The reason she came to the wedding is she wanted to try and have an affair with someone. And it's not really clear who or why. And it just sort of comes out of nowhere for the sake of injecting some drama into it. Um, It's yeah it's a dull and pointless film uh avoid um rare rewatch i rewatched the house because it was the daytime and i wanted something fun to watch oh yeah uh, the, the house, house is a, a lot of fun great time yeah uh less fun is still a michael j fox movie um i i've i've been ste- i've been staring clear of this for a while because i was worried that it was going to be uh, it was just going to make me sad watching this. Yeah, that's why um, I watched it. Yeah, yeah, and, and I stayed away from it for a long time for that reason. But I was in documentary, uh, a documentary mindset, and I thought I'll give it a go. And it, it's really good, um, and it's great to see this person um, initially, at least, like 
his his spirit and the way he is and his need to quite literally always be moving and moving forward um physically and sort of emotionally like that's documented really well and it's it's told really well you find out a lot about like the way he walks is he he kind of walks like marty mcfly um that sort of constantly sort of moving stumbling kind of thing but it's just because he, he, he it's it sort of sums up his energy and it sums up his spirit a little bit where he's just like, I'm not going to stop. I'm, I'm going to keep, you know, I'm going to keep fighting and I'm going to keep fighting through. And when the film's doing that, it's great. But then it inevitably gets to a point later in the film where it does get sad and it's, you know, you don't want to see this guy suffer. So yeah, uh, a difficult wank is what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> but you managed it. <laughs> yeah you power through don't you you persevere don't you you do um i watched death on the nile for some reason uh i don't even know what i didn't enjoy the first one like i i i, I didn't enjoy the first one and this one is the same thing but now it's got Dot in it as well um it's i don't think agatha christie's a good writer i'm sorry i think she's a shit writer there we go um and i think death on an isle is a shit story the first film was who done it everybody did it and then the second film is who done it is the people that you thought done it did it um so yeah didn't enjoy it uh and then final one final film i'll mention oxford blues um so this is from 1984 um so this is rob Lowe is a high school jock who uh and a rower and he decides weirdly that he's gonna move to england and he's gonna go to oxford and he's gonna con his way into oxford because there's a, a um a duchess is she or a princess or something she's like a duchess who goes to oxford university and he's going to go there and he's going to marry her and that's the premise uh or i mean is he going to marry her or it sort of seems to it's not clear whether he wants to just marry her or he's just after fucking her but he gets there and everybody's english so obviously they're a dick um and then eventually he fucks her and then it sort of just sort of disappears into nothing it's a film that kind of needs a strong charismatic lead and I've never really had much experience with Rob Lowe before this. Uh, I mean, I've seen him in stuff, but I don't really remember him being in anything important or notable. Uh, and the thing that this showed me was that I, I just don't think he's a very charismatic actor. Or he wasn't at that point. I think he's got the looks, but he just doesn't have the charisma or the likability of a Michael J. Fox or a Robert Downey Jr. And, and I feel like this film... He's, it, it could have not, been something with one of those actors in it. He's he's nowhere near as charismatic as, like you say, there as a Michael J. Fox or a Robert Downey Jr. or an Emilio Estevez. Yeah. Um, or even like a, a Judd Nelson. He also isn't. He can't get away with being the um, the boy next door of somebody like Andrew McCarthy. Can. Mm. Yeah. It's just, yeah. What what he had was he was a really fucking good looking guy. <laughs> Yeah, and, that, and that, that's that it. Was, that's that all. The whole film is kind of coasting on that, unfortunately, um, which is a uh, which is a shame. Um, I, I, and I do think that 
it's not a particularly well written film it's not a particularly good idea it's uh it, it it doesn't really go anywhere however i couldn't help and maybe it's because uh i'd watched still recently i couldn't help but think while i was watching it a, a robert downey jr or a michael j fox really could have turned this into something um but as it stands it's kind of not um so there's that other films barbie shoplifters of the world the artifice girl insidious the red door which was the darkest and most boring film i've ever seen um and then last night i went to watch stockport county because i know we've you've been talking about the show as well so the return of stockport county so uh, they get three points uh, they got one point just about um so yeah so i've been going to see stockport for for quite a few years now probably about when did we move to marple uh probably like six years six seven years on and off um and but in more recent years i've been going a lot more regularly and, and going with charlie and we've been having a great time there as i've said to you guys before i just the vibe there is great it's great for kids it's just a really warm club um i've kind of fallen in love with it more and more over the years We've had a bad start to the season, uh, and oh, I felt like a manager there for a second. Um, we've had a bad start to the season, um, but um, we had a bad start to last season, and we ended up in the playoffs. Um, but I think the experience of last night was Tuesday night summer game, like is 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 just a real vibe. Like the sun, like the sun's low in the sky, and the planes are going overhead, and there's just the floodlights are on, and it's just a, a lovely environment. But um, I think the main thing that I take away from last night was I went into the game thinking, all right, I've seen all of Dave Challoner's post-match interviews. We're a few games into the season now and we've not had a win. And the the rhetoric is very much, oh, well, we had a bad start last season and, oh, well, we were the better team on the day. I felt like if we didn't get a win last night, that people were going to start to not accept that anymore and people were going to start to get angry and um we managed to get one all out of it um i don't think we played exceptionally well i don't think uh bradford played exceptionally well either um ben harbisher the keeper had to save a penalty which he did and that was great um but it wasn't it wasn't uh it, it didn't give us it, it didn't give any extra confidence and the thing that surprised me more than anything else was after the game just how warm and happy and friendly and supportive all of the uh all of the fans seem to be anyway i don't know i just i felt like it was it felt nailed on to me that that people were going to start to sort of all right you know we, we we need a win now and we're angry about this but actually that wasn't the experience it was quite a sort of positive experience even though it was a one-all draw um so yeah, that's been my whole week. And then I, I went out boozing afterwards and that's why I've got a headache right now. And I'm gently sipping at some whiskey, uh, hopefully trying to put the remains of my hangover to, to sleep. <laughs> Good. Um, Good you know what? I'll, I'll go next, just because I'll talk about the football game I went to mm. as a segue. So... Went to uh, Cardiff QPR, first um, home championship game of the season. Um, Cardiff, uh, so, uh, you know, Cardiff drew two all with uh, Leeds 
uh, 2-0 up at half time, then Leeds um, clawed it back because uh, their leads uh, to 2 all, um, then 2 all uh, Colche- uh, with Colchester, which I talked about last week. QPR lost 4-0 to Watford in their first game of the championship season. So uh, I was going in thinking, oh, I might see some goals here. I did. I saw three goals, but two of them were for QPR. So it all went a little bit wrong. Um, it's going to, yeah, it's going to be a shaky season. Um, you know, Cardiff would have been relegated last season if it wasn't for the fact that Reading had a 10 point penalty. And it's not hard to see why. Uh, but Errol Bullet, the manager, has got, has got Cardiff actually like trying to, uh, trying to make chances, but there's just too much before they really get incisive, just too much passing of the ball. Uh, shoot, like, shoot around a little bit. Yeah, and and then, like, QPR just managed to get, get in there on the counter and do something. Um, so there were some boos at half-time, but then Cardiff... So it was 1-0 uh, at half-time, then went 2-0, then Cardiff got a goal back in, like, the 70-something minute. Ten minutes of added time at the end of the second half, and we were thinking, "Oh fuck, is something going to happen here?" It, it didn't. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't quite the oh god that the first half was presenting it as. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a long season, mm. uh, and a, 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 gonna, we're going to get some fucking pastings at points. I think. Um, but we'll we'll see what happens. It, it is already one of those. I'm just thinking, are there three worst worst clubs in the division? And I think there probably are. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit edgy. Um, got Birmingham in the next round of the the Carabao, it, like a week after next. I think we'll probably get booted out of the competition at that stage. It's at Birmingham as well. Um, oh God, who have we got this weekend? I feel like we've got somebody big this weekend, but it's away. Um, oh, yeah, Leicester. So we're fucked. Um, and, uh, yeah, so uh, we'll see what happens there. If we're able to get anything out out of Leicester, I'll be, uh, I'll be stunned. I think Leicester and Coventry are the only two teams in the championship that have got six points already, and it's two yeah, games. Ipswich and Leicester, yeah. Sorry? Ipswich and Leicester. Ipswich and Leicester. Sorry, Ipswich. Ipswich are top. I don't know why I said commentary, but um, yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it, you know, it's already kind of results pinging around all over the place, but it's going to be a, it's going to be a long one. So there we are. Um, okay. So in terms of what oh, I've can, been I watching, ju- can I just very sorry? Can I just yeah, very please, quickly please. say I, I called I called Stockport County's uh, goalkeeper uh, Ben Harbisher. That's somebody I work with. It's Ben Hinchcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, just promoting somebody I work with to, to goalkeeper for Stockport County. Well, congratulations, Ben. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I, I won't, I won't talk about this too much. But um, if United actually bring back Mason Greenwood, that's a demand. I, yeah, I think Cardiff City are about to become a much bigger part of my life. Quite frankly, we were having a long convers- We were having a long conversation about this in the pub the other night uh me and a few friends all of them are united fans um and i was kind of making the point that um this 
is if you take emotion out of the equation this is a brand decision what is the value mm. of this player versus what yep. what is the damage he will do to the brand yeah and i am astounded astounded that manchester united can't see the damage it's 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 crazy I, is that a realistic think... is, it, is it likely to happen that yeah i mean it, there's a report in the athletic this evening saying that United, like um, the the chairman briefed a couple of weeks back internally that they were going to bring him back. Apparently, Ten Hag is supportive of the decision. Um, like they, they, it has been said today. Oh, no decision has been made yet. But there are people within the club speaking on the conditions of anonymity to the Athletic, which is quite a big deal, saying decision's done Fuck and he's it. coming back. Fuck and him it, off to a Saudi. Fuck him off to a Saudi club. Like honestly. Yeah, it, yeah, man. I mean, it just, yes, okay, charges against him were dropped. There's audio of the stuff he was saying there, and United bringing him back are basically, yeah, it's fine as long as he plays football good. Yeah, that's it. It's the... Nah, man. It, it's, it's... The thing is, it's very difficult because now it puts in a place of, well... They're not going to. It's going to get chanted at every single game, every time he plays. There's going to be some nasty. There's going to be some players who are going to go for him. Don't don't take away from that. There will be some players who will fucking target him, mm. and there will be very little sympathy. In the same way as, and in it, you know, you look at it. Um, what's his name? Kurt Zuma. The amount of fucking just like players who go who who just want to attack him because he kicked his cat. Oh, is he the cat con? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, chance of every time he goes down injured or anything, it's the or someone has booted him of just that's how your cat fell. That was horrible. That video. It was horrible. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying the yeah, it's not worse than that. No. It's not worse. No, it's, but, it's horrible to listen to. But then again, it is more and more of the. Football fans will turn themselves in knots to to excuse something for their football club, and they will all morality will disappear from them because they need to. But there's this, and there's this, and there's this, and and then the thing is, I I I found myself at points doing it, and have to stop myself and go, no. It's not that. It's not that. It's not that. It's this. Mm. It just it it's the fact there is audio. If it was if it was allegations and then the charges were dropped and there wasn't anything in the public sphere, I could see how United could potentially have an argument there. I'm not saying I agree with it, but I'm saying you know, there okay, there isn't actually anything in the public sphere to say that this was fundamentally I, yeah it's it's condoning it, it, it it's yeah. saying it's it's okay it's okay because he's good at football because he's good at football yeah and it, it just that 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 is pathetic and is she back with him now yes yeah i mean I, I don't know get you, it? it really is yes she's like i mean okay obviously it's speculation mm. key witness refused to cooperate i wonder who that was Anyway, um, so Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, rewatched it. 
Yeah. yeah. It's good. It's good. It's really good. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I like, I liked it more than I did um, on, on first watch. I think I settled down with it a bit. Maybe the wall of hype having passed over. Um, I, I, I still prefer Into the Spider Verse. Is just this fucking singular, like, or, like diamond mm. that for, I, I, for me, I don't think can be replicated. But this is good. I just wish there was I wish it was Gwen Stacy's film and not Miles's film into the Spider-Verse is 100 percent Miles's film. I kind of wish across the Spider-Verse was Gwen's film. Um, That opening 20 minutes is like my favorite 20 minutes in all of film this year. Like end of I think it's exceptional. Um, But hey, you know, beyond the Spider-Verse is going to be is going to be cracking, I'm sure. I'm really, really looking forward to it. So there you go, Spider-Verse. Um, also, I rewatched Central Intelligence. <laughs> it was just starting on Sky Cinema and I was kind of channel whopping. I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll, I'll, I'll put this on. I watched the whole thing. I, I got to say, I think The Rock's really good in it. He is. Because, he's a fun film. Yeah. Like, he's playing this guy who... Like it's built like built like a brick shit house, but actually plays the I was a bullied teen and I'm still carrying that shit with me quite well. Um, but he's he, I, yeah, I, he, walking around with a unicorn shirt on and a fanny pack and just fucking loving life. Um, yeah, really, yeah, I, I, I think The Rock's very very good. In it. It's a very very pleasant watch. Is Central Intelligence a uh, very pleasant watch? Do you know what? Not is not a pleasant watch. It almost fucking ruined my birthday. Bros. Bros. All right. Uh, right. So Mark watched this and talked about it a few months back. And Mark was mixed on it. Yeah, Mark? Fair? Oh, shit. All right. I misremembered that. Wait a minute. Um, it was your birthday yesterday. Yeah. Fucking hell! Oh, happy birthday, mate! I thought, I, thought, yeah. I thought it was Friday. No. See, this oh. is what this is what happens when you don't have social media anymore. No, 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 yeah, yeah, no, no. Please, please, like I didn't, you know, I hadn't mentioned it because there was no, not exactly a chance to mention it or anything. Like you say, like not having a notification that it's somebody's birthday. It's all good. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, like this film honestly would have been in my bottom five last year if i'd watched it last year and it's fuck it's really bad all it is is billy eichner doing bits of his stand-up set at people for like two hours Mm -hmm. and then at the end singing a song about how much he misses his boyfriend in a in a in a like a party where all I'd be saying is why are you singing this song now? Have somebody else on the stage sing a song then. It was I watched it with Donna and we barely laughed. And I you know the thing is Billy Eichner at the time was like kind of like essentially like blamed the box office failure of it on um you know straight people not giving it a chance and yeah. you know and, and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like. But you've made a film that feels for it like it's for such an like a niche audience. And that is 
I, 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 people who understand gay culture and tolerate Billy Eichner. It's the problem is it, it, it's just it, it, even somebody who's watching it and you're watching it going, this is quite a good idea, you know, a, a rom com that is based around um, a you know a gay couple, and you watch it going like that. It, 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 even as somebody who's not gay watching it, I, I'm sitting there going, this is going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to this. You watch it going, I don't get why he's telling everybody off, not just me. Yeah. Other gay, it's like he's he's having a go at everybody, whilst also he, going, look, I, I I know I come across as a prick, I know I come across as an arsehole. It's like, have you ever thought it's because you are a prick and an arsehole? Honestly, the most relatable scene to me was when Deborah Messing cameos in it, and he's like talking to her about his problems, and then she's just like, I played Grace in Will and Grace, I'm not Grace in Will and Grace how many gay people come up to me and start talking to me about their problems i don't care i've got problems as well just chewing him out and i was like yeah yeah absolutely i mean like his boyfriend in it he spends half his time like just talking about i don't know why you like me you know like i'm i'm not as good looking as the as as these other guys and and then and and the other half of the time seemingly attacking him for being with him because he likes him mm. it's so it is so weird he's so unlikable it, it it's breathtaking how unlikable he is in this film and i i i'm sure maybe he could be likable i i don't know but you know there's like eye-opening stuff in this you know like the, the like gay hookup scenes and stuff and it's like yeah, do you know what? We see heterosex on, on screen. Like, why why not? And it is like, wow, we, you know, like it, it goes there. And I absolutely respect that. But it's just he, gay or not, is not a likable screen presence. And he co-wrote the thing. So to be fair, he's really only got himself to blame for the material that's coming out of his mouth in this film. Yeah. It is really, really bad. And I'm not surprised that it made that it lost universal money. And I'm kind of glad it did, because I tell you what, gay folks deserve better than that, than bros. Yeah, and it it very much was a thing where uh, even gay dudes didn't like it. Yeah, you know, yeah, it just... So a spoiler alert for bros, but it's like he get he gets with this guy and then the guy finds his boyfriend finds out that somebody from his hometown has just like come out as well. And they're all drunk at a Christmas party and Billy and he, he comes up to Billy Eichner. He's like, what do you think about this whole mon- monogamy thing? And Billy Eichner's like, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Fuck who you want. And then they end up having a threesome. Actually, it's a foursome because this other guy's there as well. And then. They're having trouble. They're having trouble. Billy Eichner like chews him out, and then he like he, he finds him in a club, and he's he's getting off with this other guy, and it's like, oh, you know, I I don't think I can trust you anymore. Blah blah blah. Yeah, but you just like had an, some open relationship sex with him, relatively, you know, recently before. I don't get why you're now saying I can't trust you. And then 
it's the boyfriend like pleading with him please save me back please save me back i know i fucked up blah 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 and it, it's just nah mate no you know what it, you you you've the it's, rules were pretty clearly defined. Yeah, he should have been more open with you if he wasn't comfortable with it. I don't think you've got anything to apologise about. And like half of the third act is Luke McFarlane, bless him, who's good in this, trying to, you know, get back with him. And Jesus Christ. Even and then it gets to the bit where he meets his parents. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. And then. His pet, so Luke McFarlane's parents are visiting from like out of town, you know, and it's very much, very much set up that, you know, they 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 they're not necessarily um, homophobic, but it's just like they're, they're, they're the concept of being, their son yeah. being gay is not something that they're they're, they're used to, um, and then oh god, what is it? The 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 mum's like a primary school teacher and. Um, uh, Billy Eitner gets into this monologue about how they should be teaching, um, um, like, that ho- like about homosexual relationships to second graders, and the the mum's just like, look, agree to disagree. I think it's a bit young. Agree to disagree, and then Billy Eitner goes off about it, and the, and the, and then the, the the boyfriend's just like, I can't believe you did that. You 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 know, like I asked you not to do that. I, pleaded with you not to do that then Billy Eichner chews him out mm. and it's just man it's it, it, it just the film is Billy Eichner's world view and if you don't agree with 100% of it fuck you mm. and at the end it's not like he learns a lesson about do you know what maybe I need to be more tolerant of other people's views to help their to like lead them in more gently into well like a worldview that they're not used to it is just him berating people for not thinking the same way he does i honestly i don't know how this got made the more i think about it It, yeah it it it, it, it's just not a very good film It's, it's it's so bad and and yet i it just it should be it it should be good a studio comedy featuring predominantly homosexual or LGBTQ people, you know, like that's such like a Universal Studio comedy wide release, and this is the film that's made. It's not good enough. Mm. Not not a lot of rom coms get made nowadays. So to get one made for over twenty million dollars is pretty fucking good then to get them to market it to the level they did is pretty impressive it it should have been better <laughs> yeah it was pretty it was pretty widely promoted this as well it was on a lot yep. of bus, buses and stuff it was it was pushed out there yeah, I, 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 yeah really really bad feel. i'd be i'd be fascinated like if anybody listening to the show is lgbtq I would just love to hear what what you thought of this, just because like if it is actually something that your community accepts, it's like okay, I I you know I felt seen by this film, then great, that's probably a perspective I need to hear because at mm. the moment it's just like I don't know how anybody gets on with this film apart from Billy Eichner. I mean, even, he, you, even he didn't seem to like it because he just called everyone a homophobe who didn't like it. 
The thing but is it, that it, the version of the film that you've just described is completely at odds with the description on Letterboxd, which says a romantic comedy that gives you all the feels. Oh. That's literally how it's described. What's the average rating on Letterboxd while you're there? Uh, three, some three and a half. So three, three and a half, four is the highest ratings. Yeah. All right. Where does it tell you the average rating? I thought it did somewhere. Well, the 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 high the, the highest is three, so it's the most number of people is. Oh, there it is. Yeah, three point one. Three point one. All right. Yeah. Okay. But it's it's like that description. A romantic like like you say, Mark. Not many. You don't get that many romantic comedies these days, and the opportunity to create a out and out romantic comedy for gay people feels like an open goal. Like. Why not just do that? <laughs> why, why, why make it? I've not seen it. It's been sat on my hard drive forever. I'm now deleting it. Um, but like it, it, it just feels like a missed opportunity to to give that community it, that. Like just, it's not, it, it's not a rom com. It's a diatribe. It's yeah. so weird. Um, and the, the, the thing is, if it's getting a three point one on Letterboxd, which in terms of political views, is probably that though folks on Letterbox are probably on the more liberal side, and it's only getting a three point one. Mm. Yeah, I will say I, the, I, be- the best review on Letterboxd, uh, the most popular review on Letterboxd, is is quite sharp though. The review is uh, by Aiden, and it says, "I'm gay. Like this review if you like that I'm gay. Hashtag like if you like that I'm gay." So I'm gonna like that. That's a reference <laughs> to a joke in the film. Oh, is it? Oh, I'm not liking it then. Somebody posts like an Instagram video of them coming out, and it's like hashtag like if you like I'm gay. Even though I, I say I say like the audience is liberal. I just had to look at that sound of freedom. Um, average review rating of that 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 like Q and on the conspiracy one that's made nearly 200 million in the US. Average rating 3.3. Mira Sorvino's in that. That does not surprise me, actually. 3.3. What's the name of that film again? Sound of Freedom. Comes Sound out over Freedom. here uh, in a couple of weeks. What's the situation with that? Like, because I've only, I've half heard, like, what, what's the, what's the issue here? Like, is it? Um, so the the director is like 100% like come out and said he's really upset oh, about this. Oh. No, no, that he's like really pissed off that it's become like a a a, a clarion call for QAnon supporters or, or okay. believers. Um, but there's just people are reading a lot of things into the film where I mean, it's don't cast Jim Caviezel in your fucking film then. <laughs> yeah, um, like where yeah it. it it's. It, I mean, it's. It's based on a true story about a, a former U.S. government agent who quits his job in order to devote his life to rescuing children from global sex traffickers, and apparently yeah. that like, people are reading references into it about some of the more fucking wild QAnon conspiracy theories, which the director, fair play to him, is absolutely saying no, no. But it was it was crowdfunded by like Christian right wing folks um and it's it's kind of had that support like gend up but it's gonna make over 200 million dollars at the u.s box office Mm. um 
And I, I was just reading a deadline thing today where, um, because it, it was crowdfunded, they've returned the crowdfunding money plus 20% to all the backers because like how successful it's been kind of feels like if it's made $200 million and you crowdfunded it, you could probably give back more than 20%. But you know, Hey, um, but yeah, it comes out in a couple of weeks over here. Um, let's review it. No, <laughs> let's not. I kind of feel like I need to have an opinion about it. You know, made more than the flash. Anyway, um, was that me this week? That was me this week. So uh, over to Becky. Um, okay, so I've only watched two things on my own this week. Um, two more than me. <laughs> um, one a film and one a TV series. So pick which one you want me to go with. TV series. Okay, so I watched Dead Set. Jamie the Charlie Brooker one. The Charlie Brooker yeah. thing? Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. So I think kind of there, there was probably some... You literally in... just reminded me that Jamie Winston exists. Yeah, she's good in this, actually. Um, she's I the one in Donkey probably... Punch who doesn't get donkey punched. She is, yeah. There was a film called Donkey Punch. Yeah. Yeah, there was. That happened. Something in it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, so there's probably some connective tissue from Ghost Watch to Dead Set, I'm not gonna lie. Ow. Sorry, the cat's digging his knives into my knee. Um and yeah, I watched I watched this at the time when it came out. Um but I already wasn't a big brothery person by this point, but obviously it was a lot closer to having watched it then than I am to having watched it now and it's it's really oddly like a bit of a time capsule um this series and i kind of love it for that and it, it's it's also like the whole big brotheriness it it it's kind of harking back to a much more optimistic britain and it was already charlie brooker going guys we're, we're kind of fucked if we keep going down this route uh of worshipping celebrity um so yeah, it, it's quite weird watching it many, many years later. Cause I think it came out two thousand eight. Yeah. Um. So Isabel would have been four. four. So it's fifteen years old. That's how I work things out now. Um. Was it a series or a one-off? Because I remember a... watching it, but it was like five episodes or like two episodes. nights. Yeah. Or was it? Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. It was yeah I remember watching it at the time. I think it was like a Monday to Friday, and it was shown every night. Yeah, it was. Kind of emulate the Big Brother watching experience. Yeah, to over Halloween. Yeah. Um, Joe, it's really fucking good. It's really good. And, like, it's it's not heavy-handed in what it's trying to say, but it's it's not super subtle either. But it's just, you can take it as just a zombie thing. You can take it as a commentary on celebrity worship and how easily societies can break down there's 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 layers it's like an onion um it's incredibly violent and gory it's directed by the guy who's supposed to be directing blade oh interesting yeah i mean it's not he's not directing blade because blade is because no one's directing that play yeah <laughs> but but he's supposed to be directing he's currently getting paid to not direct blade okay becky can i make a suggestion yeah 
So, seeing as you're, you've gone from Ghostwatch to uh, the uh, Channel 4, uh, 4OD, I'm assuming you watch this on, um, uh, Dead Set, you know what's next? Greg oh. Wallace, the British Miracle Meat. <laughs> what, what, Am I the only person who watched this? <laughs> yeah. What on Channel 5? No, was it Channel 4? I thought it was Channel 4. Yeah, Channel 4, yeah, yeah. Um, oh god was this this thing that was recent yeah so i like let me just quickly tell you like human meat or something yeah so we were we were literally it's so unusual that this happened because this would never normally happen right so we were sat on the couch we were watching me and claire were watching something on iplayer it was uh there's some drama series thing that we've with timothy spall in it that we'd been watching and that ended and i said do you want to watching other episodes of Claire she's like ah no I'm not bothered so the TV went on to terrestrial TV for a minute which rarely happens in our house and I just left the TV on which rarely happens in our house and Greg Wallace was walking around a factory and I kind of started watching it which again makes zero sense I would never (laughs) normally do that um so we're watching it and I, I just thought it was you know greg wallace walking around a factory talking about meat and getting excited about food as he as he does um and then it became clear that they were sort of talking about uh uh, not real meat so um you know engineered meat and stuff like that and Mm. engineered meat that was coming from specific cells and then they kept talking about donors and Mm. i'm like what the fuck are they talking about donors like and then it sort of become clear that this was meat that was grown from humans so it, and it, I was like, kind of, it, it drip feeds that then like it doesn't necessarily well, like at the start it's not going like this is it it's kind of like building up to it no not re- i mean i don't know because i think we it must have been on for like maybe five or ten minutes when we switched it on so i don't know how it starts if it starts from zero but it started a lot more like i feel like i'm quite on top of shit like this but I was like, I, I just sort of sat up in my chat and I was like, what the fuck? What is this? Am I, is this happening? What the fuck is happening? Um, and then the thing is, is when it's Greg Wallace, what I will say, fucking performance of the year from Greg Wallace, because he sells this. <laughs> he really, really sells this. Um, and then they're talking about donors and then it starts to show its hand a little bit more. And then when there's other um actors playing real people that turn up in it that's when it falls apart because you can tell they're actors straight away Mm -hmm. Uh, but in the vein of that sort of like ghost watch sort of thing it's because i was watching it and like i said to claire i was like when it clicked for me was the moment when michelle rue jr was sort of tasting this special meat and he was going oh this is really really good and then they reveal that that's a special line of meat that this meat company are doing that's being grown from children. And yeah. I just went, right, they're ghost watching us, right, <laughs> I get it. Um, but then from there, it goes into a scene of like, you know, children being like held down in these beds and they're screaming and trying to like get away while these people are like taking cells from them and stuff. And I'm like, I'm watching it go. And I said to Claire, I was like, they are going to get so many complaints about this and it it was it was you know as a it it wasn't 100% convincing and um you know it was a bit silly and 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 the actors in it were bad but as a cultural event it was really interesting and and I kind of applaud Channel 4 for 
for having a go at doing something like that because we you know just something to upset the apple cart a little bit is is can be a bit fun Mm. I did. Yeah, I re- read about this and I did want to watch it. I've completely forgotten about it, so thank you for reminding me. Nobody, I watch. yeah, nobody in the history of the world will ever say this sentence again. But it's worth watching for Greg Wallace. <laughs> 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 oh dear. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll give that a watch for sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, dead set, dead violent, really good. Does well with the whole big brotheriness of the house everyone's just trash um what's his name's in it uh riz ahmed yeah riz ahmed yeah um and he's really good um it's weird going back and watching people that are now people being just like little people um so yeah that was good really 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 fucking enjoyed it to be honest um and then the, the film i watched um yeah, so I watched Ghostbusters Afterlife. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just mute for a second. Because <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wanted to... Like, I, I understand you hate it, Ian, and I, and, I, and I didn't hate it when I watched it, and I wanted to see if I'd maybe just been too generous with it at the time. And it's not it's not great, and it's no it's no Ghostbusters, but it it is an entertaining enough kind of frothy family version of Ghostbusters I guess but it is very much just copying the format of the original um you know it's not doing anything original with itself but I thought I mean Paul Rudd's just delightful in anything that he's in so that was that was fun um the pointy faced kid that you don't like he's decent the triangle faced kid triangle faced yeah yeah um I kind of like him, he's just got a triangle face. So, yeah, so I still didn't hate it on rewatch. It just doesn't have an awful lot of personality. Stop swearing at me. Can you even hear? Or am I muted? Is Mark entertaining himself here? What's happening? No, Ian's come up on like a video and he's just swearing at me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, so, yeah. It's fine, but it's not exactly sitting in the world of fire. Didn't realise though, it's Olivia Wilde that plays Goza. Yeah. Didn't realise that on first watch. Cool. That was it. That's all I've watched on my own. Well, I watched two together, haven't we? Oh god, I haven't even logged that one. Yes. So we rewatched Goodfellas. Yeah. Because why not? Why not? It's fucking great. So, yeah, yeah, really good, but not much to say about Goodfellas. It just gets better every time you watch it. Yeah. It's, yeah, the Ray Liotta laughing thing is just... Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. And we also... What else do we rewatch, Becky? What, Judgment Night. We why watched, did we watch Judgment Night? I don't know why we watched uh, Judgment Night. Because that song came on. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um... We, we falling did come on on, on the radio, yeah. Um, and so yeah, we, we because of that, it kind of made us comes on the radio quite a lot. Not radio uh, on Spotify yeah. playlist there. It, it comes on quite a lot because it's a fucking great song. And I listen to it quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, so we 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 rewatched Judgment Night, um, and it's just it's it's just such a great like slice of nineties B movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, could it could it be more nineties with the dolphiness? Oh yeah, yes. The Cuba Gooding Junior. Yeah, um, he's a real dick in that. I don't remember it. Cuba Gooding Junior. Yeah. It's being as much of a dick. Oh yeah, he is a this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, he, obviously nobody nobody. Uh, Overshadows the pib for dickiness. Oh, no one overshadows the pib for dick for anything. No. He's great at that type of role. Though. Yeah, great performance by Dennis Leary as well. Getting to just talk and just fucking talk and talk and talk, talk, talk mm. really and just go for it like that. It just it's a perfect bit of casting. The the fact that um, Stephen Hopkins directs it is just unashamedly just doing it as a western and even having mm-hmm. like the close up cameras. Uh, of spaghetti westerns just like within that as well is just such a great touch to it mm. it's it's beautiful it you can see why uh, walter hill says it's the best movie of the 90s yeah yeah um and also as well peter green who just peter green's 18 months from 1993 to the start of 1995 was judgment night pulp fiction the mask and the usual suspects that's a fucking hell of a four-film run. So mm. <laughs> then basically do nothing of note for fucking 25 years since. Yeah. But yeah, well that's what that's that's what we watched this week. Yeah, we've not done much, have we? No, we've not. Mm. We've not. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right then. Well, let's talk about Vroom Vroom. Gran Turismo is directed by Neil Blomkamp and stars Archie Madekwi, um, Digimon Honsune, um, Jerry Halliwell Horner and uh, David Harbour. So Gran Turismo is an advert about how Gran Turismo can help you uh, race real good in real life. And I fucking loved it. But before we talk more about how I fucking loved it, here comes Mark with his bullshit opinions. (laughs) (laughs) I will allow you to tell you all the reasons why you loved it first. (laughs) No. It's it's too fucking long. It's way too long. Um, the thing is, you were saying about it, and we were talking about the fact that, that it's the story is bollocks for a start off, which I actually don't have a problem with the artistic license that they've taken, um, where they've cherry picked bits that might be kind of true and pieced them together to create a narrative movie. It is fine. That that that's all right. Um, the good bit, Harbour is really good in it. Um, Orlando Bloom kind of plays who I imagine Orlando Bloom would be if he hadn't become an actor. It's not exactly a stretch, is it? No, no, it's not. Um, the thing is, I didn't actually, I didn't actively dislike it. I just found it quite boring. Um, and 
contains the categorically worst performance I will see of anybody in a film this year, to the point of where the entire screening laughed out loud at one point at this person. Don't you dare say Jerry Halliwell Horner. She was shit, mate. Even you, as a five thinking it's five star, she was appallingly bad in this. I thought she was all right. She's fucking awful. (laughs) Honestly, my entire screening, when the big crash happens and she's there screaming, my son, what's going on? Everybody was laughing. Really? Everybody was laughing at that bit. And I'm not I'm not just saying that genuinely everybody started laughing and people that were in my screening were really into it. The kid that was in front of me and the two like, lads that were behind me were really fucking into it. Like the kid in front of me, when he won a race, was like put his arms up and like going, yes, every time he went won a race. So he was well into it. But yeah, people laughed out loud at that bit. No. As our ginger spice correspondent, how do you respond? Wow. Um, well, can I say first of all, I'm 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 delighted to be here on this auspicious occasion of reviewing Gran Turismo and the divide that it's inevitably going to cause between you two. That's fun. Um, <laughs> I was not impressed by the trailer for this and thought that I was going to be going in to watch a, uh, you know. I, I wanted to come on the podcast because I knew it was free this week. And I was like, great, you're doing Gran Turismo? Fine, I guess. The trailer didn't do much for me, but I'll watch that. I guess watch some cars go around a track and whatever bollocks. And I'm sure it's an advert and it's all bullshit and all that type of thing. I was not anticipating to have as much fun as I had watching this. This tapped right in to the part of me that stood up and cheered at the end of the film Warrior. Like, it's just that... I don't know. I just had a really good time with it. I think it looked great. Um, when it first started, I was really worried about um, Orlando Bloom and his um, I'm a marketing director of voice. Like it was just I thought this is going to fucking drive me crack, drive me crackers. Um, but yeah, so I was worried about Orlando Bloom when we first got introduced to Archie Made- Madekwe. Um when we first got introduced to him, his voice seemed really weirdly low. And I was like, that's going to be a distraction. Um, I don't think the first act was particularly strong, but once it gets going and it gets into the training and all that type of stuff, it's just bloody good, high octane fun. Um, And I had, I had a, a really good time with it. I didn't know. Like I didn't, I don't think Jerry, I don't think Jerry Halliwell was good, but she wasn't. I didn't find her noticeably bad. Um, and what I will say is, I'm not sure what film Digimon Honsu thought he was in, but I think he was in a lot. Like <laughs> he brings a fucking performance to this. Yeah, he does. Like, he, he really does. Really, really brings a performance to it. And his whole, you know, that was a big part of it as well. I think. I was, uh, I'd been out the night before, so I was hungover, um, and so I was emotionally fragile. My kids are away for the weekend, uh, for the week, so, you know, I'm apart from my son, and maybe all of that added into it, but uh, Digimon Honsu, yes, that's his name, 
um, when Digimon Honsu sort of broke down and then hugged him at the end of the, like I was fucking all the way in. I was, I was all the way in and I fucking loved it. I, I, I loved it. I really, really loved it. And I wasn't expecting to. You see, the thing there is, I think if you were all the way in by that point, you'd, that, that'd be fucking great. I was there just going, does this song ever end? <laughs> oh man okay that's the thing is right i'm not saying that this, this is objectively one of the best films of the year but i'm not a professional film critic so i don't have to do that shit that's where i live though that's my five-star review is on the fun that i had the fact when i review a film it's my experience of how much fun I had. But that's how every review films. It should never be about yeah. whether or not you think it's about your experience of the film. And, and yeah, and that's yeah. it. Is it a good film in the in the in the, the in the way that you know Taxi Driver is a good film? No, but I give Taxi Driver a five star rating because it's it's a great film that I enjoy. That's the important part. And okay, so the 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 thing is. The, oh god, there's many angles at which I can I can start talking about this, which is fucking stunning to me. But the the, the fucking brass balls of this film to start with, like on screen titles talking about how like 25 years ago this Japanese video game designer sought to make the most accurate realistic driving simulator ever and it's just this b-roll of them recording car sounds and like them like work like working on the graphics and stuff and it's like what the fuck am i watching because it is just like a behind the scenes featurette for gran turismo 7 and 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 but then it, the film, I actually think, does a pretty good job in going, not not necessarily if you, you out there, play Gran Turismo 7, you'll, you could be a race car driver. But if you're really heavily invested in sim racing and put in that time and effort into like thousands of hours into it, then that can actually help you be a good race driver and the thing is as outlandish as that sounds on the outside max verstappen the you know current f1 world champion is one of the top sim racers in the world and a lot of f1 drivers do sim racing and it's because the the sheer you know if you get the set like the the setup well how close it is to the actual experience apart from the fact that you're not actually physically you know you don't have the real sounds and feels and stuff like that but the actual turning the pedal and the like the brakes and the acceleration and whatnot it that that it is actually yeah it's a it's a very accurate representation gran turismo is not the most accurate representation like max verstappen and co uh, play has been called i racing on pc but th- 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 this is the thing it's like almost like knowing that does help in my mind go okay so this isn't as outlandish as it could be now i mean mark's pointed out a couple of things like in real life like the crash didn't happen at this point and he wasn't the first to graduate from the G- gt academy but this this gamer from cardiff did actually drive Le Mans 
you know, and I, I, I like the, the way that the film is like third place. Just get on the podium. It's not going, uh, it, it, he's going to get for, like they're going to get first. You know, they're going to go all the way and they're going to they're going to do that. It's just it. It's got an, an, enough. Like kind of like re, not realism as such, but just like not absolutely like turning it into the most legendary legend of all time that I appreciate. I also I thought um, Archie. Uh, um, oh, fuck. Makwadi. Sorry, I, I, I'm probably butchering that. I thought he was really good. I'm looking forward to him being in things in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, Digimon Honsune, uh, Jaimon Honsu, just to be clear, Digimon Honsune is a running joke if, if you're not a long term listener, just to be clear. Um, it, it, he is he is terrific. Um, did not expect him to be like an ex Cardiff City player. Um, Cardiff it, Wales, I, I, I knew that going in that is that this guy's dad was um, Steve Marderer's um, son. <laughs> Right. Okay. So when you said that thing yesterday, so like he 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 was just kind of like a bit of a career lower league he, football player. He he played one season at Cardiff. He played more for Swansea than he did for Cardiff. Oh, that's wild. So that's... I'll run through his clubs: Coventry, Wolves, Cambridge, Swansea, Newport County, Cardiff City, Hereford, IFK Ostenod, Cheltenham Town, Darlington, Lincoln City, Scarborough. Um, Stafford Rangers, Colchester again, Swansea again, Newport County again, Carabin Town, into Cardiff, where he actually played more than for Cardiff, Aberystwyth, um, Riordan Town, um, Hemphers County, Port Talbot, Lalalan, uh, um, Cameron Town, and Barry. The thing, the thing is though, is I went into, I went into this film. I don't even think I was thinking about the the real world news, the real world story of this. I don't know how aware I can't remember how aware of it I was, but I didn't really know and I didn't really need to know and I didn't really want to know. It's not part of it. Just wasn't. I don't. I don't care. Like how, how truthful is it, it, in you know. I don't know how. I think in in, in the case of the sort of Jaime um, Hansu's uh, character the purpose of having him in that role is that you know you want to show that this guy had his own success at a club and they pick a club and that's Cardiff Cardiff City and that's that I don't I don't know how much I don't know how much the extra detail would have it wouldn't have made the film any better would it it's just you've got a you've got to ground it in something so the only the only one issue I have with the I I have no problem with the altering of the story (laughs) at all you've kind of got to, to make a, a film because the actual story is nowhere near as interesting as the film needs to be. Um, the only one I've, I think, that, that there's been a few people who've, who've had a few problems about this, is kind of using the death of a spectator to, to kind of have it as the, the you know, the, the inspirational moment that gets him going again. Uh, is a little bit, especially um, when it's kind of to, to say the, the death of the spectator is the inspiring thing. It, he's not inspired by the. No, death he's not inspired by it, but it's 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 the bit. It's the they use that as like it's the main thing that kind of that knocks his confidence, and then he 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 pulls himself back to go and you know get to third place in Le Mans. It, it is a little bit, especially the fact that. The, the reference it of 
no, that man did die because he loved motorsport was a little bit like, ooh, yes. that's a bit. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean, yes. The fact that they kind of explain that away by going, it's not your fault, it was essentially his fault for being a spectator yeah. at, at, at motorsport. Um, well, hang on, to be, cl- well, to wait, be wait, clear, wait, if I'm killed by wreckage at the Bahrain Grand Prix... This I, episode I, I, is going to age badly. Yeah, awfully, to be fair. Um, but I don't think I'd be very happy if an inspirational film was then made where my death was part of the driver getting back on his shit, unless that d- driver is Daniel Ricciardo. Well, hang on, hang on a second. So just for clarity for me. So a spectator did die yeah. at a race and yeah. he and he was killed by the car of this character. Yes. That yeah. is all true, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So if not, that not happened and that had, but, 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 but like if but if that, that that that's the fundamentals of what happens in this film in order for for him to for yeah. a lot of, in order for them to say this obstacle comes along and it shatters him as it would and then you know he's able to overcome that like yeah. I, that's that's not a problem for me I don't need but, I don't need to, I don't need it to be the exact I mean I don't need it to is, be the exact the, 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 thing, the thing is. It, it, it happened two years after he raced Le Mans. <laughs> so they've changed but, but, it certainly into a different place. Just feels a little bit like right. you maybe didn't need to do that. And it's more the fact that, that, that they, they wash it away with the he you know, it wasn't your fault. He he he, he that man died because he loved motorsport. No, yeah, I I, I think you, you you do le yeah, fair enough. I think you leave it at it was a freak accident. Yes. You don't need to then kind of almost blame the guy. For what is the guy <laughs> yeah, okay, no, that's a, okay. That's a fair, fair comment. Yeah. Well, look, I all mean, right. it's it's the thing is, it's Bohemian Rhapsody all over again, isn't it? It's like I, if I I I have an investment with Queen. Sorry, I bring up Bohemian Rhapsody, Becky, but like I, I have. Didn't do that. I'm sat here quite happily listening, and you've made me all angry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, Rude. Fuck you, Dexter Fletcher, and fuck you, Jason Reitman. Both fuck you, Rami Malek. Oh. Yeah, Rami Malek. Um, it's, it's Bohemian Rhapsody again. However, the difference here is, I don't care. Like, because I'm not attached <laughs> to this. Like, I'm not attached to this stuff. Like, I'm attached to Queen, so the the facts being misrepresented and stuff mm. annoys me. But with mm. this, it's like this is a film that I barely even knew was based on a true story, and it got me where it needed to get me by doing, by making the choices that it made. So I'm kind of all right with it. Yeah. The thing is, I can see why people would like it. And I, and I, I genuinely, I am really glad that Ian liked it because I was worried coming out of the cinema going, Oh, I hope Ian likes this. Just, just that shit with the, I mean, just the, the, the presentation, like, can it, like, yeah. The way it kind of blends video game with like real yes. world, like the way that sometimes, it's basically like Gran Turismo 7. Sometimes it's real life. Um, and Even like, just at, the way that they incorporate little graphics. Oh, the racing show line. which car is which. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Oh, the racing line, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, to read that, if you weren't getting on with it, the racing line thing started to fucking annoy the shit out of me. Because I was just there going, here comes that racing line it thing just, that we got called at earlier on. I wonder if that's going to come back again. Oh, it's just the racing line's a glorious thing. And again, like, it's subjective, but I've been playing a lot of F1 23, and the racing line, it's like, 
you know, you could follow this, but if you if you deviate from it, you might be able to get an advantage. Yeah. They talk about that in the film, and yeah, man, like that, yeah. I think well, we the, know the, that the other bit as well was the first time you see David Harbour and he comes out from underneath that car and he's got a Walkman. My brain just went, oh no. So he's clearly going to buy him a fucking iPod or some shit later on in the film and it's going to be a big emotional moment. See, now what I will say is that gave me one of my new irritating film tropes is the the, the headphone removal soundtrack thing oh when, when it then goes quiet that. yeah a, i hate that yeah. like when it, that's that that's been happening quite a lot in movies over the last few years and it drives me nuts when they do that but yeah <laughs> yeah so i won't allow that i i did hope that, the, that, that there'd be a post-credit scene of um uh, of what's his name of yam trying to fucking teach try to get to try to teach fucking jack yeah. How to just add songs? Yeah, trying to install drivers. Thing. Trying to install yeah. drivers so he could put tunes on his fucking Sony digital one. <laughs> yeah, just, just there going. So wait what does it mean, driver not found? I have to pay seven ninety nine for albums I already own on tape. Jesus. But no, what I will say is, you know, I think fundamentally when you break it down, I I enjoy sports movies. I don't care about racing sorry ian but i don't care about a lot of sports and when sports are represented in movies there is a natural element of drama and action and um energy that comes with that and i think when when it's done well and i think that's the important thing here is when it's done well it can be really thrilling and i think the way the races are shot is thrilling. The way the um, the way the video game aspects are used to sort of power the the sports sequences is 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 enjoyable and helps give you a geography of what's happening. Um, and I think it it just it just works as a sports movie for me, and that's the way I view it. I'm viewing it purely as not a video game movie, not a based on uh, true events film just a sports movie and just as a sports movie it it gave me all the thrills that a good sports movie should and made me sort of you know want to punch my fist in the air and and yeah that's all you want that's all i need 100 percent. couldn't agree more fuck you mark <laughs> i still will never play grand Turismo. <laughs> oh neither will i but <laughs> I might, I might download it tonight. I, I, I was watching when he was like doing bits, and I was watching, going, "Fucking hell, that looks too complicated." I'm just gonna sit by the phone and Ooh. hope, uh, and hope that somebody rings me because they need a, a person to go and save Hyrule from um, from Ganondorf, uh, and then <laughs> I'll get my Gran Turismo moment. I'm just gonna bask in the knowledge that once. Once Wolverhampton Wanderers actually responded when I applied for a job based on my football manager credentials, <laughs> and they were kind enough to send me an actual response. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, and, just, uh, which was which was really funny. Cool. Just saying, we thank you very much, Mike, and we congratulate you on <laughs> the following achievements on football manager. However, we've decided to take an alternative route this time. We hope this message finds you well. <laughs> I mean, no, you should become a Tears of the Kingdom speedrunner, and then maybe one day you will also be played by David Harbour. 
<laughs> by David Harbour. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> Who can I say? David Harbour is fucking great in this movie. He is great. He just, yeah. he, he, that <laughs> man, <laughs> that man looks so tired of life, doesn't he? Yeah. Do you think that's Lily Allen that's done that to him? Or was he always I, like that? I just reckon he's a good laugh. I just reckon yeah. he's, I, I, he's one of those people where you genuinely hope nothing negative ever comes out about him because he oh, yeah. just seems like a really good dude. You know, he's been, he's been a jobbing actor for a vast number of years, has finally made it, you know, like where it, where that's it. He won't have to be a jobbing actor ever again. Mm. And he's not being a prick about it. Mm. Uh, that um, YouTube show he did about his apartment and the design of his apartment, yeah. where he watched it going, that's a fucking nice apartment, that is. It's a really nice apartment. <laughs> it's, and he's just talking about going, I just really like plants. <laughs> Him and Lily Allen, that's a fun couple. Yep. And yeah. her her thing about uh, the fact that she wants to teach you what it is to put weight back on. Yeah. Because it, because when he lost a lot of weight, she was like, this isn't the man I married. Uh, I will no, say, absolutely. Becky, did you did you not see this then? No. Oh. I'm not into car racing shit. Okay. Okay. What I will say is I will be rewatching it. Uh, Charlie has an interest in seeing it. I want to see it in the cinema again, and I think it'll be. I think it's a. I think it'll be a good film for Charlie because I think he'll he'll respond to the gamer aspect of it, but he'll respond to the um, the sort of uh, the sports aspect of it as well. So I think he'll have a good time with it. So I will be going to see it again. Uh, not next week, the week after, if it's still about. Uh, which it probably won't be. I, but, I don't think it will to, be. To clarify, no. I would have I would have watched the fuck out of this as a kid. I was a massive F1 guy when I was younger and like would have loved it. And as a boy who games, Charlie will probably yeah. fucking love it. I think like, he'll love it. Yeah. Yeah. The two lads who were. I'm sat- not shitting on it. It's just I'm not into it anymore. And like the whole having worked with Chris who was like uh, oh well I can basically drive better than all you guys because I've played Hunter <laughs> the Snow I just couldn't do it yeah it's just yeah it, it, all, I it's think like not having a driver's license yes and still not having a driving license now years later fuck that guy because he took that he had to go on two separate like full week courses yeah <laughs> and has failed his driving test every time okay. um it's like the guy's a prick, so. Yeah, he is, yeah. Hi, Chris, uh, if you're listening. He will not be listening. <laughs> he also might be part of your family at some point, might he, Becky? Yeah, <laughs> He's my sister's baby daddy. Um, I mean, and long-term partner, but I just wanted to be disrespectful to him. Uh, give it his proper name. Stepsister. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God, I freak. God, I hope none of them do listen. They should. <laughs> I don't think they'd know how to, like... I don't even think they know what a podcast is. No. My sister is the oldest, most grandma with technology 41-year-old you would ever meet. She's shit at it. I don't... She probably still has a rotary phone. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know what? Sorry, do you know where all this hostility is coming from? What? Noel bringing up fucking Bohemian. <laughs> <laughs> this is all it takes, isn't that? <laughs> Yeah. I think we've all had we've all had a vent about, you know, Ian's had his Ghostbusters afterlife moment. I've had my Gal Gadot moment. 
Uh, you've had your Bohemian Rhapsody moment, and Mark hates Gran Turismo. Uh, so, uh, the weird yeah. thing is, Bex, is I actually think you'd like this, so I think you should watch it when it comes out, because I think you would like it. I think you should. No, Chris. No, I think I, I think you'd like it. Sure. Audience poll, definitely not shit 50%, touching cloth 13%, shit 25%, and Geostorm 12%. All right. Yeah, good day, that. All right. Twitter questions or oh, X questions, for fuck's sake. No, just Twitter. No, no yeah. earlier called um, it 4OD. It hasn't been 4OD for nearly 10 years. What? Who said that? You did. Come on, All right. I thought like you read that off Twitter. I'm like, how did they cut that? Like, yeah. <laughs> Look, man. I... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> They're listening to me. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know what? I still call it the uh, the Manchester Evening News Arena, and I still call the Wait, G-Mex. is it not the AVN anymore? No, it's, I don't know, is it the AO Arena now or something? Also, the GMEX, I still call, I think it's called Manchester Central and has been for like 10 years. In fact, Claire was part of the PR team whose job it was to tell everybody that it was called Manchester Central, and I still call it the GMEX. So, yeah, um, <laughs> fuck it. I genuinely thought it was called, it was still the AVN. <laughs> 4 OD. Yeah, it's just four OD. I mean, even, to be fair, it's had about four, six different four, names. Channel Four trolled Elon Musk about that <laughs> when he turned to X. They went, "Dude, we changed to All Four like eight years ago, and everyone just still calls it four OD." Is it called All Four? Didn't they change it again? I thought it's, it, I think it's just called Four Channel Four now. Yeah, it's just Channel Four now. How, how old school? Uh, yeah, it says Channel Four on my app. There you go. Idiots. There we go. Um, first question, Rick Kidd was reading about ABBA Voyage hologram show. So, what deceased actor would you bring back in a hologram form, and what 2023 film would you put them in? Marlon Brando, Bros. Yeah. <laughs> 2023 <laughs> film. Oh, 2023. Oh, sorry, that I wasn't me. That was just me. Uh, yeah. No, no, I thought it was very rude, but I'll take it. No, it was fine. You're right. Jimmy Stewart in the Killian Murphy role in Oppenheimer. <laughs> I think it would work. It would work. Yeah. What about Richard Pryor as Oppenheimer? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to have Philip Seymour Hoffman in the lead role of The Little Mermaid. <laughs> as, as The Little Mermaid? Yeah, as The Little That's Mermaid. That's good. That's pretty fucking good, that. Oh, I have to do one now, don't I? Yeah, yeah I, I was thinking, I wonder what everyone else is going to do. <laughs> <That's me. laughs> oh my God, I've got a thing, actually, guys. So, um, right, my answer were really stupid earlier in the week, and I made a note of it on my phone so I didn't forget to No, but you create a folder on your phone. No, well, it's a note which is titled Stupid Man. So, it's abuse. We, we would, we, I can't remember what it was you were trying to make me do. And so, Mark got muddled up on what you say. In, in your wedding vows, and you went, I'm pretty sure in your vows, you promised to protect, honour, and serve. I was like, didn't join the fucking police force, Mark. <laughs> it's love, honour, and obey. And then he uh, looked really stupid. Just, yeah, sorry, just before I forgot. Protect and serve. <laughs> fucking dumbass. Just wanted to share that with you. This is the thing what, you was he tra- At the time, was he trying to get you to protect him, honour him, or serve him? Serve. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, okay, I'll, let's mm. not go any further. Yeah, I think it was something dirty, to be fair, wasn't it? <laughs> it probably was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't work. Uh, <laughs> Leslie Nielsen. Nice. Um, in, what film can he be in? What film can he the be Flash. in from this year? As <laughs> 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 the Flash. As yeah, the Flash. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you've picked a doozy there. Leslie Nielsen in pretty much any film from this year would be great. You could have him as as Ken in Barbie. Well, I was thinking that. I thought that oh, might be a little bit too obvious. Oppenheimer. Woman rolling in the flash, just turning up and smirking at the end in a Leslie Nielsen way. Uh, Leslie Nielsen as as Dominic Toretto. No, as Dominic Toretto's son. <laughs> <laughs> his son Brian yeah his son Brian named after his still alive friend <laughs> he's definitely still alive friend we've totally not forgotten that he's he's just dead in real life <laughs> uh, John Dangefield uh, we've had Oppenheimer and we'll have uh, Saw Patrol later this year what movie pairings would you like to see and what would you call them oh god yeah this is an intense oof Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom and whatever Jackie Chan film is out that week. Aqua Chan. <laughs> <laughs> I'll set myself off there. <laughs> I was laughing. I'm sorry. Everything's all right. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Mine would be uh, the clueless suspects. The usual suspects and clueless. That's good. Uh, mine would be for the for the next Fast and Furious movie to be Fast Jason X, and it's just Jason comes back and murders them all, and that's how the series ends. <laughs> oh, that's good. Give me Watch the shit out of that. <laughs> He's come back just attached to the back of the one from uh, number nine where they go to space. Yeah. And they didn't realise that he's fully Max Cade. He, he just climbed in the boot yeah. when they were in space. <laughs> Dylan Blacklanders, after watching Haunted Mansion, um, why do people still cast Jared Leto? His performances aren't that exceptional. He's deeply irritating and hard to believe he's a box office draw. What exactly does he have to offer Hollywood producers? Becky, can you answer this one? It's really fucking hot. Yeah. That's it. He's really hot and he looks great on a red carpet. He's got magnificent hair. He does. Wear the fuck out of a velvet tuxedo jacket. Yes. I feel like I feel like he's like it's like a picture of Dorian Gray 
but the picture of the picture of Dorian Gray is Courtney Cox. So like <laughs> he's getting more beautiful and she's starting to look weirder. That, but I mean that's perfect because there is an inflection point where they're both the same person. Totally. 100%. Yeah. And, yeah. And you yeah. Know that I think it was 1998. Yeah, that's great. He does have a certain amount of on-screen charisma as well. Like it's not no, just because he's pretty. He does. I like him. I don't know. I like him. I, I like him. <laughs> I don't know why everybody hates him. On-screen charisma for you because he's a draw for you. That's what I'm talking about. This. There's a certain je ne sais quoi. He's good to watch in stuff. He's not good in stuff. I just think it's partially Kinsey scale problem. He's just because I look at him and go, he's a fucking good looking guy. Would he get it? He'd get it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How much more boring would House of Gucci have been without him in it? Oh, exactly, yeah. What a great performance. It's I was excellent. I about rewatching House of Gucci just to rewatch Jared Leto. So, yes, Becky, you're right. <laughs> I enjoy Jared. I enjoy Jared Leto, and I I still say that there was a good version of his Joker that we never saw, and maybe we'll see it one day. But we I might, think we might see that. We might see it. We might see it. But like, I think his Joker was potentially pretty good. And mm. you know what? He had a fucking difficult job on his hands. And yes, I don't think that sending people fucking no. dead rats and condoms filled with spunk is 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 good work practice. However. Mm. Fucking hell, he's Jared Leto. Let him do what he wants. It doesn't matter, does it? A five seconds to Mars. Thirty seconds to Mars. Thirty seconds to Mars. Sorry, song came. That's not how long it takes to actually get to Mars, though. It's just never banned. That's We've fine. discussed this. It's not a real thing. <laughs> Good. What? <laughs> Is this a boy chat thing? <laughs> We've discussed this, Becky. That's just the name of a band. It's not a real fact. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Fucking all right. Anyway, 30 Seconds to Mars song came on in the car the other day. On, like, you know, like the fucking AI DJ thing that's on Spotify now. Mm. And he was like, here's a band you used to listen to back in the day. And it's 30 Seconds to Mars. I've never fucking listened to 30 Seconds to Mars through choice on Spotify. So I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Still couldn't bring myself to skip it because Jared Leto is really pretty. Yeah. Even I, so my friend, uh, a friend of mine used to work for, I may have told this story before, a friend of mine used to work for NME and I used to get invited to like random gigs all the time just because he was their sort of Mancunian correspondent guy who just reviewed all the gigs that were going on in the north and he contacted me and he was like you're into all that emo shit why don't you come and watch 30 (laughs) seconds to mars with me and i'll pay for your drinks all night and i was like all right yeah so we went to watch 30 seconds to mars and it was the fucking weirdest gig like right (laughs) i mean it was highly entertaining because you're like oh that's jared leto like pretending to be in a band that's funny like so you, you you get that level of enjoyment right but 30 seconds to mars they're their most famous song is without doubt, without question. Um, what's it called? That's how famous it is. You the, know the, the one. kill. Is yeah. It called the, the kill. The, yeah, bury me, bury me. Yeah. That one. Yeah, yeah, right. So that's their most famous song. So you're thinking, all right, well, that's how they're going to finish the set then, right? So about halfway through the set, I noticed that there was another stage. So Manchester Evening News Arena. We're sat on the equivalent of like the halfway line, if you like. The stage is down one end. And then we notice that there's another stage down the back end, right? Halfway through the gig, um, Jared Leto disappears from the stage, 
and he's above us. He's right above us, just like leaning out, talking to the audience. And he's like, hey, I'm over here now, sort of thing. And then talking to the audience. And then he disappears again. And he's just silence for like 10 minutes. And then he pops up in another bit of the stadium. He's like, hey, I'm over here, everybody. Hey, like that. And everybody's going crazy. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like, what is happening? Um, and then suddenly the lights come up at the other end of the stadium. And it's revealed that this is another stage. And then all of the band come out onto that stage where all the speakers are facing the back of the auditorium. And they play that song to the... 200 people that are at the back of the stadium while everybody else in the stadium is looking at the back of a load of speakers going what the fuck's happening we came here for this song like they played their most famous song to the back of the (laughs) room (laughs) we were all just stood there going what whose decision was this this is a terrible idea i mean that's a great trolling it's bizarre so you got to hear about the to the front of the stage, and now we're going to play the song you've probably been waiting <laughs> for to the people who just fucking stumbled in when we were off <laughs> yeah. for our set. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I can't complain. The ticket was free, and so was the booze. But yeah, weird choice. That was it for right. questions. Okay, there we are. We're done. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you didn't. why didn't you stop um coming up next week we've got that cheeky blue beetle he's coming to whelm everybody he's coming and then he he, then he might be just as quickly going who's to say i actually don't think this looks bad it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be the most free out of five film ever made and that's absolutely fine do you know that's not bad for DC though? No, yeah. like it's gonna be perfectly diverting. And you know what? Yeah. That kid, I've like I've watched the first three seasons of Cobra Kai, and that kid is is extremely charming and lovely and likable. So I think oh, he'll be. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the he's the main oh, okay. character in that. Um, and he's great in that. He's perfectly charming, and I think this could be. It's going to be mired by comparisons to Iron Man and various other things, and people are going to be wondering where the hell it fits in with the sort of James Gunn situation, and mm. does it fit in at all? But if if it is, and I hope it is, just a purely standalone little comic book adventure, mm. I think it's got a bit of potential. Yeah, I'm I'm not not looking forward to this. Do you know what else has <laughs> got potential? Oh, I'm not fucking watching this. Strays, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. It's dogs being dogs, but being foul mouthed. But they're saying what we all know they're thinking. Oh, I can't wait. I am, I am looking forward to Strays for two reasons. One, looking forward to the movie. Two, looking forward to never having to see the fucking trailer again. Yeah. <laughs> Every movie for like the past nine months. <laughs> but then Strays 2 is going to be greenlit. But the trailer is just going to be the trailer for Strays again. But it's going to say Strays <laughs> 2 on the end. Just yeah. to fuck with Mark. <laughs> Which I will respect. The thing is, as well, it's such a fucking tacky, horrible, offensive trailer as well. No, it's a great trailer. I hate definitely. it, and it hasn't even come out yet. Nah, it's brilliant. Can't wait. Can't wait. It's dogs saying what, they, they, what I know they're thinking. There we are. Uh, Gin Spice correspondent Noel Meller, a pleasure. We'll have you on again next time Jerry Halliwell's in something. Fantastic. Grant of Isabel 2, here we come. Uh, review of Drive to Survive Season 6 coming in February next year. 
fine. She's in. She's she? in. Yeah, because she's yeah, she's married to the the guy oh, who runs course. Red Bull. Right. So okay. she's she's actually in on on a few episodes away from being completely caught up with Drive to Survive. She's in this latest season quite a lot. It's weird. Oh, Mark, you are gonna look so fucking stupid when she gets an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actress. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. But thank, uh, in all seriousness, thank you very much for your your time. Thanks for having me, man. Fun. Thank you very much, Noel. Good, good, good. Thank you Thank very you much, guys. Noel. Uh, Mark, bit disappointed in your performance today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Becky, <laughs> Becky, a pleasure as always. Um, I, I hope that you you are okay with uh, Mark's acceptable levels of performance uh, in in the days ahead. He needs to learn to protect, honour and serve, doesn't he, really? <laughs> that he does. You're a fucking idiot. I love you. There we are. And I apologise for watching Ghostbusters Afterlife. Fuck you, Ivan Reitman. Uh, I mean, no, Ivan Reitman's all right. It's Jason you got to look at. Oh, Jason about. Reitman, yeah, sorry. It's just something, something a little bit shifty about him. I don't know what. Just a look in his eyes. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Fuck you, Galgado. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Good. <laughs> <laughs>